Peter, do you know what they say down in Australia? Do you want to go to McDonald's? (laughs) That's what they say. There are many things that are different in Australia. What do they call it? Is it Mickey Days? Uh, I think it's, yeah, I think it's uh, Mickey Days. (laughs) You want to go to Mickey Days? I'm not going to do this horrible voice for the whole episode. I promise. But I did just get back from Australia. And this is the most of Australia I've ever seen in my whole life. And it's... Peter, what do you know about Australia? Crocodile Dundee. All right. Uh, scary spiders. Yep. Okay. Uh, crocodile hunter. Yep. Crikey. Look at the, look at the teeth on this Lots croc. of really good metal. Metal? Yeah, and everyone's like super... Parkway Drive. Yeah. I yeah, love Parkway yeah. Drive. What, uh, a, what a hell of a mosh pit. And the cult really, just Everyone's really hot. They are really hot. Like, really hot. Actually, not to jump too deep into this, but I told somebody, I said, it's really nice how everyone in Australia looks so Australian. And he was like, what do you mean? Like, this is an Australian man going like, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, everyone's, everyone's skin is sun-kissed. Everyone's hair is windswept. Everyone looks like they're about to go on some sort of adventure. Everyone seems to have some sort of pirate tattoos. Everyone's got cool accessories and beads. We went up to Bali for the weekend and had a, had a juice fast, and I got this necklace. So everyone's just like fashionably in another uh, planet than you. Yeah. And you can just, you feel it. You know that everyone's Australian. You're fascinated by it. This was one of the most well put together uh, tours that I've ever done of anything. And I have to immediately shout out the WSW Australia team, World Series Wrestling, Adrian and the team. Uh, We had like charter buses and planned dinners. And, uh, you know, like the they gave us a booklet with our pictures on it that had everything inside of it. And all the flights were already there. All the transportation was already there. We all traveled together. It was like a magical little tour like a little music tour it felt a lot of times when we're on the road i'm with the same people i'm going to places that are similar and rock clubs and things like that but with all of us traveling around together it was like it was like being in acdc another australian import it was fantastic i did not see some things there there were some things i did not see hugh jackman did not see hugh jackman did not see nicole kidman did not see, you ready for this? Tom Hanks, who was stuck in New Zealand for a long time. I got to go to New Zealand. We're going to get into all of this, Peter. Have you had a good week? I've had an interesting week. You've had an interesting week from what I understand, and I won't get into detail, but I think interesting leads to good. It even does. Even if it doesn't necessarily register that way. We need to keep an eye on The Rock. The Rock? Yeah. He's really about to blow a gasket. Is he? He fucked up. He was on the Oscars going like, the critics were attacking The Rock. The Rock did a great job with Black Adam. The Rock made one of the best superhero movies of our generation. It was electrifying for everyone. But it seems that James Gunn in DC and the critics have launched a campaign against The Rock. Like as if like the rest of the world is a heel, which I think is the mindset that's easy to get into when you're a wrestler. I think he turned down WrestleMania this year. I think he thought he was going to be bigger. Uh, than Roman Reigns or WWE, and I think right now it'd be a good it'd be a good little shot in the ass for his press to actually be at WrestleMania instead of on the red carpet complaining about how people didn't like Black Adam. <laughs> I thought it was fine, but it's also like I'm not going to return to Black Adam. Did you see Black Adam? 
Hell no. Hell no? No. Okay, I love it. Um, I We are going to be talking... I, AJ described it to both of us, which was really all I needed. <laughs> like, I wish I could go back and unwatch Dune, because I want my version of Dune to be you explaining Dune at five in the morning to another wrestler. Uh, yes, the, in Gainesville, Florida. Uh-huh. Uh, like I said with Dune, I think perfect film, and this is really controversial, if you take out about 20 minutes of Timothy Chalamet staring in the distance like this. More like 45, my friend. Because <sighs> that movie is long. Timothy, could you just, uh, could you look off in the distance? And then, of course, they pasted his face on that fight scene that was the pinnacle moment. I'm not going to spoil anything for people, but I'm hoping we can talk on the mini set about a lot of things, uh, including the Oscars which I think we have a lot to discuss on this. I hope people are into it. I have a story I can't tell on the main feed. Good. I do too. So look forward to that. I have have a few stories. Um, But I do want to say this that's movie related. If you have HBO Max, Brigsby Bear is on HBO Max. You know they're trying to get rid of the HBO of the HBO Max? They're just going to call it Max? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that fucking sucks. <laughs> That's fucking terrible. Uh, if you have not seen Brigsby Bear starring Kyle, what is his last name on SNL? He's not a cast member anymore. Uh, he did those interview videos that were just incredible where he would. Oh, Kyle. I know who you're talking about. Yes. Well, this is his like debut feature film. And it also stars Mark Hamill and basically this, this man child who has been trapped and lied to about the world a la Bubble Boy, has to get to the bottom... Kyle Mooney. Kyle Mooney has to get to the bottom of what the fuck's going on with his favorite TV character, Brigsby Bear. And it is uh, far more heart-wrenching than the poster would give you credit for. And I think it's a much better Mark Hamill role than any of the new Star Wars films. (laughs) Did you see his TV show, Kyle Mooney's TV show, the Netflix one? What was it called? Uh, it was... I wish to, if I have not. Saturday Morning All-Star All Star Hits. Yes, I did. Yes. yes. Saturday right? Morning All-Star Hits, is, right? that's his show? Yeah. I knew, I think I knew he was in it, but I don't think I knew he was in control. Good for him. I think it's fascinating, uh, to see weirdos get bigger budgets to do weirdo shit. I love it. What's that weirdo gonna do with a big budget? That weirdo shit. See, this is what's amazing about Nathan Fielder post Nathan for you is it could be anything. It could be anything. I mean, we saw the rehearsal. We saw how weird that got. And it's back. It's renewed. It plays in my head. Like anytime I see a sticker on a Apple, it's just I'm transported. What am I missing on the sticker Apple here? There's the there's a scene where he it's when he's really deep into living in the space, oh. and he's starting to talk about how like they're pretending so hard, but they're still being signs of the fact that everything is a lie. And so it was like him having a moment with his fake wife. Yeah, and he is grabbing an apple, and he notices that there still has the sticker on it. And so then he just moves it so it's not. So it's like I don't know if I only noticed that. Just no, no, no. I, I mean these are. Yeah, and like these I are. Have to watch for stickers and things like that. But it it just like. There's but this is when about... he's talking to the fake wife. That's the fake version of his fake yes, wife. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, we could get into this turtles all the way down bullshit, and we're gonna talk about more turtles, specifically the giant tortoise. Which we got to run into. I've never seen one in person before, and it really like 
Have you ever just had one of those moments where you didn't take mushrooms, but you saw the face of God? It was that giant tortoise eating carrots. All the time, unfortunately. It's incredible. Some are good, some are bad. I don't know. It's, yeah. a, it's an all-encompassing <laughs> yep. force. I have to start by saying I am absolutely disgusted with myself for how easily I traveled to and from Australia. Not that it was easy in the fact that like it was still 23 hours of flying each way, like in the airtime. Um, but it doesn't affect me even a tiny bit. I literally just get on planes and I have no emotional feeling about it either way. And then on a 14-hour flight to New Zealand, which I don't know if you knew this, if you're coming from America, even to transfer through New Zealand, and this is something I think more countries should adopt, you got to pay them $14. Oh. So they're like, oh, you're going to come through the airport, our beautiful airport here in Auckland? Uh, yeah, you need to pay us $14. I made it to Houston fairly easily out of Atlanta. I had a lot of bags. I had a lot of things. But the New Zealand flight, I ran into Blake Christian. We were on the same flight. He's a, a Ring of Honor, and AEW talent who was on this tour as well. A lot of TV people on this tour, which was very fun. And we'll talk more about how they are the ultimate road dogs when I think about how many shows they've done. We are about to board this Houston flight and New Zealand. Kia ora. Have you ever heard the story of Chucky? Chucky came to protect the planet from the problems. If you fasten your seatbelt and throw away your trash, you can protect our planet as well. That's their their air video. If you're on the Patreon, we can at FDs.com. Chiaki. T-I-A-K-I. But they pronounce it Chiaki. Chiaki pilots the Sky Canoe, which I can't remember the name of. Matiwa is what they say when you get there and when you exit. And, you know, for all the time I've spent in New Zealand, roughly four hours... <laughs> I quite enjoyed their airlines. Um, even during the safety video, I was looking down at my phone at one point, and they were like, you need to pay attention to the safety video. And they were right, because it's full of mythology of New Zealand. It's full of uh, weird special effects. And there's a woman from New Zealand in there who plays the passenger before she gets in the sky canoe, who says, I'm keen to go as well. And it's one of my favorite phrasings of, can I come? Uh, that I've ever heard. I'm keen to go as well. Um, this is so cool. They literally just created a rule for all visitors that they have to follow, and that's what the Chucky thing that you're talking about. Yeah, which is basically, we know you're here to see the fucking hobbits. Do not fuck this place up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They forget about us on the map, and thank God. If you look at a lot of globes, they forget New Zealand, which is not a small country by any means. It's roughly the size of California or a little more on that West Coast. I bet they do that on purpose. They have to do it on purpose because they're they're tired of us gringos rolling in there and fucking up the land. Yeah. I would be too. It was beautiful. What a place. I just thought about Tom Hanks being stuck in New Zealand for a while when he got COVID. Uh, they were, I guess they were filming in Australia and he got to New Zealand and they held him up for a while. I don't know. Tom Hanks, the spirit of Tom Hanks is there. Um, now, I want to tell you about the exotic foods I had in New Zealand, which include, but are not limited to, uh, McDonald's. <laughs> I ate a lot of McDonald's in Australia. It's very good. They have Hungry Jack's, which is Burger King, also very good. We got to uh, Melbourne the first night, and I've never been to Melbourne uh, in Australia. I've only ever been to Sydney and the Blue Mountains, did a little bit of a caving excursion up that way. And Maccas. We- Maccas. Yeah, I, th- I, I thought they, they called had it that a in. Word for in uh, do they do that in the UK too? Maccas, or is it just down under? 
this says 55% of Australians refer to the company by its local slang name. Maccas. Maccas. Fantastic. Uh, Adrian picked us up. We were completely taken care of. Now, I want to say this, and it maybe I'm being too cocky. I need to go ahead and call the courthouse down in Georgia. In the UK. I'm sorry. I'm just inter- no, I interrupting love you all over the place. Please interrupt me, Peter. Mackie's. Mackie's. In the UK. Like Bob Mackie? Or Mackie D's. I'm wearing a Bob Mackie's Big Mac dress. Custom one of one couture. I'm covered in special sauce, but that's not from the dress. Uh, French customers refer to the company as McDoo. McDoo. McDo, do you want to have a little biscuit? I can make fun of French people. I really don't. I don't fucking care. I'm not coming to France. I'm sorry. No, I'll go to France. I don't know. There's there's a bit of a France vendetta in my household at the moment. I can't get into it. Um, <clears throat> the first night. Oh, this is what I was going to say, Peter. In regards to airport security, in regards to the global uh, phenomenon and their version of TSA everywhere. Uh huh. I've never, at an international border, had my bag even opened. Canada, UK, Australia, Japan, no one opens my bag. So why in Atlanta, Georgia, do they have to open my shit and get mad that I have a little pony coat that I'm going to wear for one minute? One minute. That's it. One minute. Uh, you meant like pony brand. No, no, no. Like a pony coat. It's like what you wear when you're like, feel, like when you're want to gallop. Right? Okay. Yeah, 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 I thought like a coat made from a pony. Which... <laughs> no, no, no. We're talking about this one's made from a cow, which I think okay. is a type of pony. It's a a big bone pony, a big bony pony. Lucy's a cow. <laughs> Lucy is a cow. Lucy's such a little cow. She's so cute. She's over here just smiling at us and having the best time <laughs> sneezing. She knows I'm talking about her right now. Hi, Lucy. You pretty, pretty girl. You're doing so good today. You're doing so good today. So, yeah, my bags have never been opened at, a, at an international border. We got to Melbourne. Now, number one, this tour fucking rules. Why? We were driven immediately to the hotel. Uh, number two, we were given our own hotel rooms. I for sure said, oh, I guess me and Blake Christian are going to be sharing a room. We showed up together. Makes sense. Most hotel rooms, two beds. No, 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 no. Superstars of World Series Wrestling have their own hotel rooms, okay? And not only were they hotel rooms... They were sick hotel rooms. The first ones and the third ones were fine, right? They were good. But the one in the middle that I'm going to get to, in Adelaide, at the Adelaide Oval, in the giant arena, built into the arena, was the coolest hotel room I've ever been in. It was so fucking cool. Okay, first night, Adrian's like, we're going to go out for a group dinner so we can all hang out and get to know each other. Makes sense. I know a lot of people on this tour. I'm tag teaming the next day with Joey Janela uh, as Bad Bussy. Now, you guys are hearing this and thinking to yourselves, holy shit, how has this never been done before? Um, well, you'll understand why in a minute, why it's never been done before. Because we're both, we've both lost our minds. We both need an alley in our tag team so that we don't just lose our minds. That's what I learned. The mega powers, we erupted by day two. So we'll get to it. But I go into the room. It's only like 1 p.m. when I land. I've slept 12 of 14 hours on this New Zealand flight. I slept most of the flight to Melbourne, another four hours uh, I did not sleep on the Houston flight, but I thought I'd be pretty well rested. Peter, the hemispheres will fuck your brain up. Even if you've slept, the hemispheres will drain you. And I went to bed from 1 p.m. until 8.30 p.m. The dinner was supposed to be at 7.30. I did not wake up in time for the dinner. I slept right through it. 
I looked at my phone. I texted Blake Christian. I said, I didn't make it to the dinner. He said, oh, well. And then I slept until the next day at 7 a.m. Now, for me personally, I've talked a little bit recently about I've seen a lot of these places. I've been to a lot of them. I don't want to necessarily 11-11 make a wish. I just made my wish. And this is good that we're about to talk about this. Um, I think sometimes I have spent too much money being a tourist when I'm out on the road doing my job. But this is a new land and a new adventure. And I said, let's see if I can be as touristy as I usually am without spending any money. What can I do? What can I take in? It's 7 a.m. I don't have to be anywhere until 3.30 when the bus rolls up. Let me go see what the town is about. So what did I do, Peter? I walked all over Melbourne. Now, I started because the sun was rising. And Melbourne to me, and I only have a few comparisons to make. I haven't been to 3,000 cities. I've only been to about 600 cities, okay? Maybe I've been to more than that. I don't know. I'm talking about major metropolis. <laughs> metropolis. Metropolis. Peter, I really trusted my mouth to say yeah. that word, and I didn't do it. Um, this place reminds me of New Orleans. Oh. The weather that they're dealing with. Now, the Australian weather, I, I hope I'm not telling you anything new. When we have summer, they have winter. When they have winter, we have summer. So w- the period I'm going into is their fall. It's cooling down. And the toilets flush the other way. I want to I want to confirm the toilets do flush the other way. And they don't flush strong enough. And I'm not going to get to oh. any more information on that. But the bathrooms there, very clean. Uh, have I ever told you about going to the equator in Kenya? No. There's a guy there. This is so like low rent, but so funny. There's a guy there with a funnel and a cup. Two cups, a funnel. And he takes you to one side of the equator pours water down the funnel and it goes one way he takes you to the other side pours water down and it goes the other way and then way. you tip him oh yeah on this week's edition of <laughs> getting to the grift with peter and effie uh we're going to be talking about the equator water scheme that's been going on for a few years now i will say with this grift uh pretty low participation rate we're not going to have a lot of grifters at once but it does seem to be a position that uh, he is willing to share if uh, the tips are still working How's this grift working for you, uh, man in Kenya who stands on the equator and shows you the different flow of water? It's great. I mean, the equator is kind of in the middle of fucking nowhere, so it's not, I wouldn't say it's like a great position to yeah. have. I would equate it to a central position that's not central to anything, you know? I mean, it's literally central to the I just world. wanted to say the word equate. Equate. <laughs> About the equator. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, he, so- he sold chameleons too, but they weren't really his to sell. Yeah, you can't, I don't think you can sell living things, really. It's why I believe in rescue dogs and rescue chameleons. Yeah. And uh, it's also why I like going to the zoo, you know? Some people hate zoos. We've talked about zoos on here before. I'm a big zoo guy. I like, I they exist. I'm going to defend zoos here in a second. And I've okay. done a lot of, hold up, I'm going to get to it on this episode. But we are going to get to it. And also, we've got a lot to chat about, Peter. I started at the Queen Victoria Market. Now, many people know that Australia is a originally a commonwealth of uh, the UK, and so they have a lot of UK influence still, but let me clear it's the a air. a nice way of saying prison colony. Yes. Which is something we have in common with them, because Every... we live in the UK's other prison colony. My mom's family was once talking about uh, where their family came from, and they moved here from, uh, I believe... 
like the the Germany area into New Orleans and became towboat like uh what do you call them uh tugboat they were tugboat drivers for a long time the the Colet family and my dad was asked what about your family bill where did they come from and he said well one time in Ireland they had too many prisoners and so they put us on a boat and now we've built our legacy here and I just thought it was great that he was just like we probably weren't the best people but here we are now doing our best uh, the Australian legacy is that you're born of prisoners. I want to point out that there are these signs all over Australia that, and this might be controversial that I'm bringing this up, actually. There are signs everywhere that point to the fact that there were native peoples on these lands far before, much like we do in America, but to a higher extent because the Australian Aboriginal population is uh, it makes up a majority of, of people there. Not a majority, but it's a, a very large population. And so they will have these buildings that are like, this was built when Australia was here. But also, this land still belongs to the indigenous peoples. And you're going, I don't think you can just say that, and it's true, if you built a whole building over their indigenous lands. And it was sort of like, no, 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 it's good, it's good. Uh, yeah, they, it's still their land. Um, we're going to do what we want with it. They're not going to do anything with it. Uh, yeah, but look, oh yeah, they used to have this land. It was just very like jarring, but kind of fantastical that they would at least make the effort, I guess. Yeah, at least they're marking where the cursed places yeah, like, are. <laughs> probably some curses over here. I have noticed too, when I travel internationally, before I get to all the other cool things, uh, I love seeing just construction workers in other countries. Yeah. Not because I'm like joining the village people or trying to like find some hot weekend trade. But it fascinates me to be in these places that to me are these like, I'm in a fantastical other part of the world and there's other weird things here and foods I haven't tried. And also like they're building a sidewalk. And guess what? In Japan, they're also building a sidewalk. And in the UK, they're also building a sidewalk. And in Canada, they're building sidewalks. Every country you go to, they're probably building a sidewalk. There's a guy named Terry. He's really good at building sidewalks. And whether he was in Australia or America... Or anywhere else. He'd be able to build that sidewalk. And it's sort of like a great equalizer to know that skilled work uh, is celebrated in all of these cultures somewhat at least. I think they have way better unions in Australia. Uh, it's like it's like uh, be, being on the roster and they go, don't talk to your teammates about pay. We got to talk to Australians about unions and healthcare because it does seem like they don't put up with shit. I was going to say too, all the news programs there, they're still talking about the UK people and talking about like Charles. No one is nice about it. In the UK, they're like polite. On there, they're like, Charles's coronation's coming up. Uh, <laughs> what do you think? And they're like, fuck them. And it's just very dense and... and, and uh, and harsh towards them, it was kind of just like really fascinating to be a part of. I went to Queen Victoria's Market is what I'm getting to. Now, I think a market, if you've ever watched an Anthony Bourdain show or a Andrew Zimmern show or a, a, any of these exploratory food travel shows, they'll tell you to go to the market. And it's 7 a.m., so I'm thinking, market's going to be popping. I was damn right. This market is massive, Peter. Our hotel was three blocks from the Queen Victoria Market. They have... Whole rows of buildings that are olives and meats and cheeses and kangaroo and spiced meats and fish. The amount of fish, the amount of lamb, beef. This is huge. It is massive. They have the, the produce section. They have flowers, fresh juices. And, of course, my favorite Australian thing, the Australian coffee. 
holy shit, is Australian coffee so good. Now, I remember this from my last journey over because I spent most of my budget when I was there on brekkie. They are a breakfast-based culture. This works well for me as a homosexual in the brunch industry. <laughs> um, they love their coffee. They love their brekkie. But they order their coffee weird. And I'm saying it's weird, not because I'm an American and I think foreign things are weird, but because I'm a global traveled international superstar and I can say it's fucking weird. Once one of them, you go, I want to, I want to flat white. Well, what's flat about it? I know the milk is what makes it white, but why isn't it just coffee milk? I don't know why it's flat. And then they've got a long black, which is like, you know, what it sounds like. It's long and black. The coffee that is, Peter, don't give me that look. It's. Everywhere you go, someone's holding coffee, but they also do the thing where like, I felt very American ordering <laughs> the grande, so to speak, because everyone's cups are this big. And so you see these grown businessmen walking to work and they're like, I just picked up my coffee. There it is. <laughs> like It's the smallest little like, I'll have a shot of espresso and I'll be okay kind of vibe. Uh, but me, no, I was getting the large, I would go, what's the largest coffee you have? I'm a dumb American. They'd be like, yeah, all right. And then they would make you a coffee. It was beautiful. Uh, seeing the fish and the oysters and the shrimp. If you watch this video on weekendateffies.com on the Patreon, there are two videos that focus on Australia. One of them has some Atlantic City footage as well. I figured out how to crop the videos better. Some people think I make artistic decisions. Some people know I'm kind of an idiot. Uh, the cropping's better. You can see everything now. But there are two videos of Australia. You can see a lot of footage in this market of the shrimp or the they were the biggest prawns I've ever seen Peter they were so large the benefit of being in Melbourne was we were there for three days we did not have to leave Melbourne until the third day so I guess I was there one day before and then a show day and then a show day and then we left the next morning so three whole days there and we don't have to get on the bus until 3 30 so that first day when I woke up at 7 and everyone else was asleep or doing other things, I'm pretty sure most of the guys got in about an hour before I went out to the market. And I just was like happy to have the sleep. I wandered all of Melbourne. I went through. I'm just picturing you in like a sundress and a picnic basket. Yes. With like flowers in your hair. And like it was very this. It was very this. But I had to say I, there are a lot of high fashion malls in the Melbourne area. And. I had done what I expected myself to do, which was I didn't pack any clothes, Peter. I packed like two outfits and then I got to Australia and I was like, damn, all my merch made it, but I forgot to add any clothes. And so I had enough shirts to sort of like act like I had enough clothing for this tour. But I was like, if I don't get some shorts, I'm in a real trouble spot. So as I'm wandering the city looking for any place that's open for shorts, it's only like 930. So I've kind of looked at like where the spots are, but in Chinatown, there's a Kmart. And I'm thinking to myself, if there's just some cheap athletic shorts in this Chinatown Kmart, then it'll be perfect. Now, the Chinatown here, you'll see footage in the video. Very incredible. Beautiful architecture. Nothing was open at this time except for the Kmart. And lo and behold, turns out the Chinatown Kmart does not have anything in my size. <laughs> turns out those shorts were not going to fit me. It is what it is. I waited around. I got another coffee. And I waited for H&M to open. And, and then needed I, the Grande shorts? I needed the Grande shorts, and they were not going to be there in the Chinatown Walmart. They were little shorts. Uh, as I'm waiting for H&M to open, because I'm thinking, well, I know they're going to have shorts, Blake Christian wakes up. And this is the moment where I realized, me and Blake Christian, we're, we're more alike than we are different. Now, a lot of people have been giving him shit lately, okay? And I just want to say, 
New Year's Eve, did I beat him? Yeah. Would I beat him again? I don't know. You know, I think he'd be more prepared for me this time. He's been on Ring of Honor. He's been in AEW. But now we're going to be Explorer Boys. Not everyone when you're on tour wants to go exploring like I go exploring. And if you've ever walked around with me or walked around with AJ, we walk fucking fast. Does it mean we know where we're going? Absolutely not. We have no intention of where we're going, but we have to get there. And he's so athletic and young and full of energy that I was like, I looked at him at one point and I was like, this this is amazing that you're keeping up with me. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, no one else, no one can keep up with my walking pace. And so I just have to sort of uh, tie fighter your X-wing most of the time if you're walking with me and make my circles and make my turnarounds and slow down and wait so I don't get too far ahead because I will get too far ahead. And we went and got some bubble tea and breakfast and then we went shopping. And we both were deciding that all these places, Peter, were too expensive still. Now the Australian dollar... Uh, there is inf- there is some inflation going on right now. There's some issues with the Australian dollar, which means that for every dollar, American dollar, I get 1.51 Australian dollars. But even at that rate, I was like, these shorts are too expensive. We wandered the mall like two moms who dropped their kids off at daycare. We were there as long as we wanted to be there. And I finally found a store. I said, we got to go in this one more store. And this mall is beautiful. It's like in an old building. There's a real old, weird Australian building inside of the mall that they built the mall around from like the 1800s. Very strange. I don't know. And there's a subway station attached. Who would have fucking guessed? doesn't make sense. The last store we went to, Peter, is where I found your gift. This cute tote bag that just, it stood out to me. And it says, uh, what does it say? It's just a phase. It's just a phase. With the moon and sun cycle. Yeah. Well, I guess the sun's not a cycle. It's always smiling down. My sun is the god. My god is the sun. What do you say? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) My sun is the god. Uh, I love it. But this store, and I want to say this as a member of the LGBTQ community in a celebratory way, only employed lesbians. And it was awesome. And I go in this store, and what do they have, Peter? $10 shorts. I... I waited for the right time. I was going to spend $27 Australian on shorts. And I spent $10 Australian per pair of shorts, which is roughly like $6 a pair of shorts. Budget conscious Effie, about to blow your mind, y'all. About to blow your mind. I figured it out. I figured out the secrets, okay? The budgets, the discounts. You know, a few years ago, if you would have said, do you want to use this coupon? You know what I would have said? I don't believe in coupons. And now, you know what I'm saying, Peter? Coupons can be combined at purchase, okay? You know who uses coupons? Who? Kristen Bell. Really? Yeah. You're, tell- you're telling me... She's a coupon queen. Famed celebrity Kristen mm-hmm. Bell. Rich person. You know, rich people do stay rich Married because they to, use coupons. I, I guess bigger than anybody podcasting right now, yes. which is crazy. Which is crazy. I just want to say to everyone, listen to the Dax Shepard podcast. Don't listen to the Mark Summers podcast. Uh, watch without a paddle featuring Dak Shepard. That's his first movie. He's like barely had any, he'd been doing punked and then he just got without a paddle and made it happen and is now totally saw that in the theater. Did you? Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Seth Green there, as well. I think yep, Matthew yep, yep. Lillard. Yep. 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 Holy shit. Just cause this is when I was on my, um, SLC punk just yes. to tie it back in my obsession. So I was watching anything with Matthew Lillard in it. Minus the OG Scooby-Doo, which I still haven't seen. Peter, it's one of the best movies ever made. I saw a tweet about it the other day that said, uh, the original Scooby-Doo live-action movie is one of the best movies ever made because Scrappy-Doo gets a roid belly. 
which is true. Scrappy-Doo does have a roid belly in one of the scenes during his... I'm not going to spoil it for you, Peter. Um, I didn't realize he was also in uh, Idiocracy. Is he? That this is what... Oh, yeah, he is. He is. He is. He's... uh, doesn't he doesn't he uh work at the Costco? I think No, he he's the plants guy. Where they make electrolytes crave the plant the yeah. plant it's what the plants crave and all the crops are dead. <laughs> Welcome to Costco. I love you. Mike Judge, you can go fuck yourself for making the greatest content of my generation uh-huh. in life. And I'm so excited King of the Hills coming back. I want to put it out here, okay? For me, King of the Hill is my favorite show of all time. It's not just my favorite animated show. To me, it was, as a person growing up in the South, one of the most magical shows I've ever seen, and it was too real. I am Bobby, and my dad is Hank. The only difference is our heights are different. Like, he's uh, he's caught in height with Hank's mind, you know? Uh, let me, me be I, You know what I'm going to ask for? Yeah. Give me your best Hank Hill. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's all you get. That's the whole impression. It's much like an Owen Wilson. Wow. You got to do, you got to go, oh. <laughs> That's almost verging into Johnny Bravo territory. Though. Same character, same, same guy. Character, yeah, Hank yeah. Hill is the grown up Johnny Bravo who's learned his lessons. No, I'm just kidding. Listen, a lot of people think Johnny Bravo was uh, an incel, but I want to clear up there. The times that we saw Johnny fail were why they were shown. Right? Yeah. Johnny has success, but it's also showing that his success has led him to be so dumb that he thinks everyone will be into it. So that now we get to watch when this big hunky guy who you think could always get it right just fails. That's why we get to see it. Do you want to see someone that you think is successful fail? We're not going to show you him succeeding, but obviously he wouldn't have this confidence if he never succeeded using these methods. And that's the truth about Johnny Bravo. Ooh, there's a lot to learn from Johnny Bravo. I think so. Oh, hey, little mama. I don't know. That was a little too Elvis. That was, but Johnny Bravo has a lot of Elvis. Johnny in Bravo him. is basically oh. was Elvis, but blonde. see, Hank's more a ho, oh, and then Johnny's more of a ho. Yeah. Oh. yeah, you know, no, no, like that's totally the little. Right. You're totally right. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Welcome back. I want to be on the new season of King of the Hill. I'll play any dumb character. I'll play a camp counselor. I'll play a homosexual wrestler. I'll play a Christian rock group leader. I'll play Travis Tritt. I don't give a fuck. But Mike Judge, your content has ruled my life for a long time. And if you're really bringing it back, do it the right way. I know that that dumbass, uh, Unknown Henson, had to fuck up Squidbillies for everybody. Because I was a shoe-in if they were going to keep that thing going. North Georgia Squids, that's me. But, but, the real goal is to, uh, is to work as Strickland Propane. And to be trained by Hank Hill. And to be a part of a wacky escapade that ends poorly for everyone. Will John Redcorn ever be honest? We don't know. All right, enough of Hank Hill and back to Australia. We went out to eat. We had a good time. We bought shorts. We went shopping. The girls were out on the street. I'm not calling him a girl. I'm just saying we were out there doing it. It was a good time. We got back, and it was time uh, for the first show. It was time for the first show in Melbourne. I had no idea what to expect. But the way this is set up, I just want to say to all the Australian fans, after having spent time in Japan and Australia and the UK, American fans... You got to step your pussies up, okay? You got to step them all the way up because these people, number one, were ready to spend money on Effie. Number two, we're excited to meet Effie. And here's number three. And I'm trying to find a way to be polite about this. There's no way. When I have a huge line and you're in front of the line, 
you got to make a decision and then realize I'll probably be there at the end of the night to still talk to you. I'm not going anywhere. But when the line is money, you got to choose your words and you got to move on after the picture. The Australian fans get that 100%. They come in, they get a picture, they buy a shirt, they buy a fan. They're not having to pay the shipping that they usually pay. Do you know how much it is to ship a shirt to Australia? Blunt cost before I pay for ship station, before I pay for uh, any of the like materials before probably I probably like a whole capybara, right? Oh, it's a whole capybara's worth of postage. Do they have capybaras down there? That's they you didn't catch on that they actually use capybaras as a form of payment. <laughs> I, sh- I was rich it's, down there. Why was not, I budgeting? Platypus is you know a step above capybara, but capybaras are you know nothing to nothing, nothing to, to scoff at. at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, you know there's no bad days down there? What do you mean? There's no bad days. Oh, no, no, no. There are bad days in Australia. I forgot that. Where was, did you learn this? Uh, Alexander and the No Good, Very Bad Day. Oh, my God. Did you read the book? Yeah, I read it all the time when Did I was you watch the film with... Uh, I did not. With Steve Carell? I did not. Steve Carell plays the wacky dad in oh, this film. He doesn't play <laughs> Alexander? No, no. That's played by, played by child or something. I don't and know. Child. Yeah, I think we have to... A lot of people are like worried about CGI faces being replaced, but I'm very I excited. Need CGI children, no more yeah, children. Yeah, I don't. Films. I want no real children. In no films. real children. And in here's films. why: it's not because I can't like listen to a children child give lines. It's because child actors fucking suck, and we're building a culture of narcissism within them before they've actually grown and to less their full strict capacity. Child labor laws. Uh, but I will say this: we all looked up Jimmy Lloyd's uh, headshots, uh-huh. and looked up information about the film The Good Shepherd starring Robert De Niro and Matt Damon that he was in. Uh, And everyone on the bus, like we were sharing this story. Me and Joey were kind of going into it with most of the people on this bus. And it's like Matt Cardona and Brian Myers and Brian Cage and John Morrison and Flip Gordon and uh, TJP and all these people that have done like TV and done these things. And they don't have an idea about Jimmy Lloyd. And we kind of explained it. And they were like, what? And the beauty of Jimmy Lloyd is he's the purest form of this art form because he went to Hollywood. He did a movie with De Niro and Matt Damon. And he said, you know what? I'm going to go do Cage of Death instead. And when he was 14, he started going to CZW and started becoming a deathmatch wrestler. And now 10 years into the business, he is one of the most brained, brained out, crazy booker wrestler minds of pro wrestling and if people don't know then i'm sorry for you because you're missing out on knowing a true genius of this sport and he's making his mlw debut but he's a fascinating character uh and one of my closest friends i love him dearly uh first show in melbourne joey janela effie teaming up for the first time bad bussy now is this a play on bad bunny yes is it a play on the bad boy yes is it a play on bussy yes this bussy may be bad but it's gonna feel so good okay now (laughs) The first show, the first night, Joey Janela, the bad boy, is teaming up with Effie, the good boy, (laughs) as the team of Bad Bussy. And we ran into a roadblock immediately with a team called the Parea. And they are from Greek or Italy or something. And I won't say anything further about Greece or Italy as to not cause any issues but i do want to say that they used their gaudy ass gold chain to punch me in the face they threw joey janela into a guardrail we put them through a table and i almost broke a guy's arm oh god yeah 
And the doctor said, I think it's broken. And I said, yeah, well, I don't think it is broken. And the next day when it wasn't broken, you know what I said to him? I said, you better be glad. I've been slacking on the gym for the last week because if my ass was any harder, it would have crushed your fucking bones, brother. But thank God I have a supple, juicy, thick, big old booty, and you were able to survive the crash of Bad Bussy. Bad Bussy, the mega powers had to explode, okay? We had to break apart. We had one, one match as a team that was going pretty well, but then we got cheated out of victory, and we had to break apart the paria. We're victorious over Joey and Effie, bad bussy. And this was just night one. Now, I got to meet so many people from Twitch. I got to meet so many people from Twitter. I got to see these people for the first time. And it's like such a magical thing to build a relationship with global fans and get to actually go be with them and hang out with them. It's fucking awesome. That's I was so given cool. lots of gifts. Tim Tams and Wagon Wheels and Caramel Koalas. Do you want some Caramel Koalas? Yes. I have a whole bag of Caramel Koalas we need to eat. Oh, my God. Uh, they have the best treats in Australia. They have so many good treats. Do you know about Tim Tams? I, I've heard the name. I'm not sure I know Some what they people are. are like, oh, Tim Tams. It's just overrated. It's just a chocolate-covered, perfectly crisp biscuit. Well, guess guess what? It's a chocolate-covered, perfectly crisp biscuit. And they have double-coated Tim Tams, and they have butterscotch Tim Tams, and they have mint Tim Tams, and they have a berry Tim Tam, and they have the regular and the dark chocolate Tim Tams, and I think they have a white chocolate Tim Tam, and they're delicious. I brought a bunch home, put them in the freezer. They're almost gone, the Tim Tams. We still have Wagon Wheels, which is a marshmallow-filled cookie sandwich covered in chocolate, and uh, I obviously still have caramel koalas. And I did bring home... Some New Zealand Manuka honey for AJ. So lots of sweet treats, but the coffee's never sweet there. That's what's very fascinating. And I think it's good because it's like you order the coffee, you've got perfect pastries there. Pasties, as they sometimes call them. I don't know. Sometimes I call them pastries. Sometimes I call them pasties. And whenever they call them pasties, I like it better because it makes me think of like tassels on titties, you know? Yeah. Like, let me eat your pasties. Well, <laughs> we're... I came back from Australia. Sick cunt. <laughs> we're, we're not blocking that. In Australia, cunt is actually a good word. I saw a woman walking around with her children, and she said, you're being good little cunts. <laughs> I didn't see that. That would be horrible. We're, we're, we're going into dark territory here. I'm excited about Australia, Peter, and we're just getting started in Australia. The second day, Blake Christian said, what are you doing tomorrow morning? As we entered the same hotel, as we got hungry jacks at one in the morning after getting back from this show, and as Blake Christian accidentally ordered four bubblegum marshmallow ice creams, because yeah, all the menus are kiosk, you know, you got to yeah. press them, and he clicked the deluxe bundle of marshmallow bubblegum ice creams instead of just one, and so we had four bubblegum marshmallow ice creams. We ate them. We love bubblegum marshmallow ice cream. It's not good for you. It didn't make my body feel good. Was was there gum in the actual ice cream? So no, it was marshmallows and then it was a bubblegum flavored ice cream. Okay. So you didn't have to like chew, but there was the chewing sensation of the marshmallow that I think was intentional. So growing up, I never ate it because I was too concerned about the logistics of it. Gum? There was gum ice cream. There was oh. ice cream with bits of gum in it. Oh. Yeah. What? Yeah. Does it chew? I don't. I never found out. Uh, did you ever eat those candies called Razzles? And it's you think it's like a Smarties, but it turns into gum, and it's not good at being either. I love them. 
Razzles. No. Razzles. You want a razzle? You want some gum? You want some candy? Just chew on this shit. We never got any wax bottles, Peter. We. D- oh, I- I'm going to add them to the Amazon wish list and hope someone gets them for me. Because uh, I don't know if I'm in a position to financially buy wax bottles right now. But I, I maybe we just go to the dollar store. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. That might be the easier way. The second day, he said, what are, you, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to the fucking zoo, Blake Christian. And he said, that sounds awesome. Let's go to the zoo. Now, being the young athletic men that we are, we said, we'll walk to the zoo. It's only a mile and a half. Well, it was a very long walk. And the parks in Australia, like... All of a sudden, you're like, oh, we're in a city, and there's a hospital. And then you're in the fucking outback in the middle of this city, and there's magpies. You ever seen a magpie? Yes. Very smart, very intelligent birds. They're everywhere there. You need to train one to bring you riches. I'm all on board. I saw a Rottweiler and a magpie that were playing tug-of-war with a stick, and the Rottie was being like a little sweet boy about it and pulling it, and they were playing together. I think if we had—and I know in America there's not a lot of magpies that are of this nature— But if I had a large crow that could hang out with Cranberry and Bebop, I feel like I would never have to even board them because the crow would take care of things. You don't think a crow could pick up their food and put it in the bowl? I think a crow could pick up Bebop and take him to his little play dates. (laughs) Bebop just riding? Yeah. Oh, Did I ever tell you the story about the girl who I used to take home from school and drop her off? And one time we got there and her mom was crying and an owl had taken their cat off into the woods. (laughs) What? Yeah, an owl had swooped down and taken the cat, and the mom was crying, and she was like, "The owl took the cat." And then we had to like, I had to like rub their backs and be like, "It's okay. Like, it's this is this happens. Like, it's maybe she'll come back. Like, maybe they're just hanging out." Rough. (laughs) Sorry that just came up. We finally made it to the Melbourne Zoo, and Peter, I can tell you in my life, there are a few things, namely doing some drugs. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other things. Maybe going to see Fallout Boy and going to the zoo. Those are top highs for me. Okay. Those are ultimate highs. You know, Fallout Boy's doing a an album play. They're not here, but they're playing the new album over at Criminal Records today. No and shit. And giving out some free merch. No shit. I've got to go do some errands or I would go, but it is. I it saw sick. Phoenix doing in store at Criminal. <sighs> That's so cool. Uh, off of Listomania. Listomania. They fucked up the whatever the main single was yeah. from that and had to play it over again. It was really funny. Uh, is that 1901? Yeah. 1901. They've got a new song with, uh, I believe, uh, Ezra Koenig from Vampire Weekend yeah. in it. And it's so good. But the best Ezra Koenig song outside of Vampire Weekend is Jessica. That was on the Major Laser album, which is a weird song to pick, but it is has spoken word and his voice is good. the The soft runner up is uh, uh, the subtract song he did. I don't remember what it's called. And you think I'm the negative one? It's very. It's like if uh, Moby and Gwen Stefani weren't pieces of shit and made Southside. That's yeah. what I think that song yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever listen to Discovery? Oh, yeah. Hell, yes. I want to be your boyfriend. My yes. voice is so gone after Australia, but I, yeah. Osaka so I Loop to, Line. I wrote yes. the Osaka Loop Line, and all I could think about was Osaka Loop Line. It's just got me so excited. Let's go. 
Let's gonna, go. I have to add it to my Spotify again. Add so it to your Spotify. To it. It's the it's like clean electro party goodness. And that's uh, Rossum Batmanglij, who is not in Vampire Weekend anymore, but is in Discovery. And that's fantastic. But I like any of their musical musical things. You yeah. know, anything they're doing, I'm all about it. The two Chris's have a podcast, the bass player and drummer for Vampire Weekend. And they just tour people who are like touring musicians about how fucking weird it is to tour. Is it called Werewolf Wednesday? No, but that would be. <laughs> oh, Peter! Oh, Peter! No, it's uh, it's it's. I was trying to think of another one. I was going to say Frankenstein's Monster Weekday. Frankenstein's Friday. Frankenstein's right Friday. There. Yes, Frankenstein's Friday. We're we're fascinated by all of it. We made it to the Melbourne Zoo, and there are a lot of children here, which doesn't like. It's fine, but also like I have to be careful about how excited I get because I curse a lot when I'm excited. Yeah, so I'm being very cautious. I always curse around children. And I'm, when well, I'm so do all of the Australians. Is the point I'm okay, getting perfect. to, which is me being cautious, and the kids are like being rude. I saw a girl bully a hippo. I saw a girl bully a pygmy hippopotamus. The hippopotamus, and I don't know if you've ever seen a pygmy hippopotamus. It's exactly like a giant hippo, but it's like. The Tiny. size of this table. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And it's floating around and swimming and doing its head bob. And this little Australian girl's going, look at that little fatty. Look at that little fatty. He's a little fatty. And I was like, these Australian kids are fucking ruthless. They're at the zoo learning about animals. And they're just relentlessly making fun of this poor little beautiful hippopotamus. Hippo, I hope you eat that girl. I hope you just... <laughs> Pygmy hippos could eat a, a baby, I'm pretty sure. I mean, hippos are fucking vicious. They can just snap you in half with those jaws. Yeah, like, no. you know. You know uh-uh. better than I anyone. Not, I do not. Those jaws are built to clamp and crush. Okay? Except the ones that wear tutus. Well, that's, you know, what a fantasia that is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I figured out pretty immediately that Australian zoos are a little bit more chill than American zoos. And maybe that's because Australians are a little bit more chill than Americans. But we walk immediately into the lemur enclosure, and there's just lemurs, not like behind a gate, not like in a cage, like just like in this area, there's lemurs. Don't get too close. They'll kill you. And the footage that you see uh, from the lemurs shows them kind of posing and flexing and doing these real beautiful stretches, and they stay in it, and allegedly... What they're doing is laying in the sun and getting as much of their white fur, which can absorb that sun as possible into the, I guess it doesn't absorb the sun. I guess it's a reflect. I don't know. They're trying to get their white fur to the sun. That's what the lemurs want to do. And they battle for supremacy. They, I said, who's in charge here of the lemurs? And she said, they battle for supremacy. And she said, do you see this lemur? And I said, the one without a tail. And she goes, he used to have the longest tail. And then he lost a battle. And now he's not the leader anymore. And I was like, what? And then she said, you see that one? And, he, and I said, the one wearing a crown? And she said, that's King Julian, and he likes to move it, move it. <laughs> so using the word supremacy in relation to lemurs is the most intense thing I've ever heard. It's lemur supremacy! There were all sorts of lemurs. They're beautiful creatures. Uh, we went into the bird enclosure. There's just bird. I don't know. Like, There's other places with bird enclosures. These birds were just straight up like, we don't want you in our enclosure we're going to let you know. And they have like 
gullabirds and macaws and cockatiels just flying around like it's normal. And they have the bin chickens. And the bin chickens are trying to get into the bird enclosures. The ibis, which is to me like a beautiful bird. It's like reminiscent of sort of a kiwi. It's got a long, skinny beak. And it's, yeah. you know, an odd little bird. And they fucking hate them in Australia. <laughs> they're like, fuck the bin chickens. And I'm like, what a fascinating creature. And they're like, he can go fuck himself. Fucking up all the trash. Get out of the rubbish, you dirty little bastard. It's awesome. Uh, but they were there. It was cool. We saw gorillas in the mist. They were beautiful. We saw the scariest orangutans I've ever seen. Like these were, I've seen a lot of orangutans, Peter. And we're watching one of them, which was like the smaller female. And this giant ass, the furriest boy just shows up and he is glorious and just climbs. They're right there. There's barely anything between you and the instru- uh, uh, the enclosure. We saw the giant tortoises, like I said, which was like looking into the eyes of God. These things are massive. And what do they have up to protect you from the giant tortoise? Just a small wooden fence. You could just reach over and grab that tortoise if you want. And they were like, who wants to see us feed it some carrots? And we were like, we want to see you feed it some carrots. This thing was just chomping, chomping carrots. They can live to be like 500 years old, Peter. Yeah. Which means that long after this zoo has been reclaimed, like in The Last of Us, no spoilers, uh... This tortoise will be there munching carrots, and it won't it won't die or be infected. They had a whole building dedicated to frogs that was separate from the reptile enclosure, which was fascinating. They had giraffes and zebras together, which is my favorite combination. Now, I want to say this. Thank you for saying it the correct way. Zebra. Yeah. Uh, I actually heard someone at the zoo go, yeah, and what are you going to call a debra? <laughs> which I thought was a great way to look at it, but I have met... Two Debras. Hi, my name is Bora. Uh, actually, it's Debra, but I go by Bora. <laughs> Have you ever heard that one? No. Yeah, we got to get more of those. Uh, Do we? <laughs> we went to see the elephants. <laughs> and the elephant, if you look in the video, uh, NSFW warning, has a big old dick hanging out. Mm-hmm. And the giraffe has a little dick. And I just want to say that there's reasons for both. Because I saw the giraffe pee. And when a giraffe pees, you know how like... If a dog pees, it goes like kind of forward, but over. Well, the giraffe pees straight down, which means it's in the safest zone so that it doesn't splash all over itself when it True. pees because giraffes have very long legs. And if I was a giraffe and I had a big old dick, it would pee all over my front long legs because it's such a long way down, it's definitely going to spray. So the giraffe is like, yeah, I have a 10-foot neck and a one-inch cock, but this is what works for me. And the elephant's like, you see this trunk? No, 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 this trunk. And that's my description of the elephant. It was insane. I was like, hey, Blake Christian, you should look at that elephant. And he was like, whoa. And I was like, I don't want to say anything else, but just look at that elephant because you can't say anything. And then, the, you know, people notice that this elephant is having a good day, having a good day I guess. Uh, we went to the Australian area, which for Australians must be pretty normal. But for me was fucking crazy. Did we see koalas? Yes. They are so small and cute and lazy, and they poison themselves by eating eucalyptus. But we also saw kangaroos and wallabies and wombats, but we got to see my favorite animal in all of Australia, the Tasmanian devil. They are so cute. They sploot in the sun. They're only like the size. They're like half of a bebop, Yeah. but they're like the cutest little wolverines. Yeah. And I want to make everyone aware that uh, they are on the comeback. Over 95% of the population was killed off 
by facial That's tumor right. disease. Yeah. And they have found a vaccine for a few of the strains to help these creatures repopulate. And I hope that they continue to repopulate. They are so cute. They are deadly. Uh, they When they mate, they bite each other's faces, which is why the disease spread so quickly uh, when they got the facial tumor disease. And now I think they are working on conservation efforts. They were just splooting in the sun, Peter. You can see it in the video. Just laying out beautiful fur. Uh, we saw the dingoes, too. They're so cute. Well, I looked at a picture of Blake Christian's dog, and I thought, you know, it's like, oh, a dingo's like a dog. It's like my dog. No, 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 no. Blake Christian might own a dingo. Like, we're literally looking at the pictures of this dog and looking at this dingo, and I was like, yo, homie, this might, you might actually, he goes, I think it's like a German Shepherd mix. I was like, nah, dog, that's a dingo. You own a dingo. And I was like, is it well-behaved? And he was like, for now. But if it's a dingo, what am I going to do when I have a baby? This is shit. The dingo ate my baby. It's still, they still warn you in Australia not to bring your baby around the dingoes. Uh, Australian dads are really cool. I don't know if all of them are, but the ones at the zoo were really cool. It was almost like, like, you know, I think we've talked briefly about goth dads on this show. Like when you see a dude out in public and he's like got full goth hair and tattoos everywhere and big gauges, but he's also pushing a little stroller with yeah. a baby in it. And you're like, fuck yeah, this rules. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. what a cool thing. You can be a great dad and a goth, but there they have like outback cool dads. I don't know. Like there's a very casual dad mode out there where you're like, that seems like the coolest dad in the world to have. I don't know. I was noticing this while I was around there. I'm not trying to hit on your dad guys, but you got cool dads. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I'm trying to remember all of these animals in the park, even though this podcast has just turned into a, a zoo checkout party. Uh, but we did get to go to that reptile room, which was really, really fascinating. And we went to the red panda exhibit. Here's another, here's another, uh, Australia zoo is a little more casual and I'm looking in this exhibit, which is just a wooden fence around a couple trees. And I'm going, where's these fucking red pandas? Oh, they're 40 feet in the air hiding in these trees that are branched out over like picnic tables. And you're so they going, could just drop at any Oh, they point. could dip out. They're like, uh, yeah, these pandas are enclosed here if they want. <laughs> if they want, but they're 40 feet in the air and they could get to the other trees pretty easily. In Australia, though, I bought a drink at the zoo and I got a... Well, they have these lemon sodas. It's like a lemon mineral soda. In New Zealand, it's called LMP. I think it has a different name in, in Australia. They limit your soda intake. So you scan the barcode, and then it fills it up just to the top. And then it's like, you have 450 milliliters of soda. Calm the fuck down, bro. And honestly, I didn't need more than that. I didn't need more soda than that. I'm used to my 64-ounce Big Gulp Supreme, you know? But I just savored my little soda. I didn't chug it down. I tasted every drop. Me and Blake Christian got out of the zoo. We decided not to walk back. We took the free trolley, which was available to us the whole time that we could have taken at any point. And we got ready to go to the show again. Back in the same building, back in Melbourne, had a great time, ate some zoo lunch, had a fun party. Uh, and then we had to have a triple threat because Bad Bussy was about to explode. And Joey Janela was scheduled to face Brian Myers of the major players. You may know him as Kurt Hawkins from WWE. You may know him from Impact as Edge's bitch. But I would never, ever think that Brian Myers is just Edge's bitch. They are so much more than Edge's bitch. And I'm sorry that they have gotten this position. Joe Hendry called them that. Uh, they are not Edge's bitch. Wait, let me ask you this, Peter. Yes. Does this make you want to go to Australia? 
I've always really, really, really I think you would love it. Yeah. And I don't mean to say that as like, a, I went there. It was beautiful. You'd love it too. I mean, like, I think Peter would love Australia. Yeah. There are lots of parts of Taylor and Effie that love Australia, but I think there are more parts of Peter that would love Australia. I, I mean, I think I will, I would like to live somewhere else in my twilight years than yes. the States. I think, I think I will eventually get back. I'm not done here yet, but. I, I did notice with the Australian people, um, everyone is like very conversational in public, even if they don't know each other, like just all the time, they're sort of like, oh, what's up? Like how have things been? And it's, it was a little jarring to me as an American at first, but then when you kind of lean into it, you're like, it's almost like everybody's a little less, uh, 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 suspicious of each other yeah there does seem to be the american dream of pick your scam get scammed everyone else is trying to scam you and over there it's sort of like we're all people in australia we should try to have a good time and maybe i'm just getting a you know obviously i'm not just referring to like people who are there and they're like i'm a fan of effie and i'm like australians are so nice i'm talking just like out in public on the street people who had no idea who i was everybody seemingly is very nice and i want to say this too i continue to uh, do these accents here when I'm on the show, but whenever I'm in these countries, I revert to being more country than even I am now. And it's just almost like uh, a pendulum swing in the other direction. Cause I enjoy going somewhere and they're like, ah, what do you have? And you're like, duh, let me get, what's this? Let me have this. And you just start leaning into it by day three to where you're like, you know what? I do talk a little different and y'all talk a little different too. And I can still understand what you're saying. And you still know what I'm saying, but I ain't going to pretend. I ain't going to pretend I ain't know where I'm from. Come on. Come on. Now give me some biscuits. Y'all don't know. What bi- that's not a biscuit. That's a fucking Oreo. What do y'all call it here? Chips or something? I don't know. <laughs> Match night two. Melbourne. Joey Janela versus Brian Myers. Like I said, and then I got off topic. Uh, Effie interjected, all right? I told Joey, listen, I got hit in the face with a gold chain by the Perea, Eli and Gabe, Gabriel, and you were thrown into a guardrail, but Joey, I've seen you fall off a 20-foot ladder. I've seen you fall off a building. Don't tell me that took you out forever, okay? And Brian Myers, Kurt Hawkins, I've actually beaten him before, okay? Long ago, Black Label Pro, and then I had to throw up after because I ate some really bad pizza and was chugging bang energy drinks. Plus, he's just a phenomenal athlete. And I, I said, I think of you every time I eat a crunch wrap supreme. God, I've, I've been through a few of those before in my life. Uh, you can get double meat for only 50 cents more. Now at Taco Bell, live moss. Just like at Taco Bell, Ink Master likes to live moss. That's why today your challenge is brought to you by Taco Bell and Baja Blast. Download the Taco Bell app today and live moss. Your Flash Tattoo Challenge is going to be to bring the live moss lifestyle out to everyone here on this beautiful island mural. Make sure your island mural has all the elements of structure. We are looking for structure in branding in this mini challenge. The winner will get advantage in our main tattooing challenge here on Ink Master. I'm the little shitty one with a lisp, and I'm a piece of shit, and I'm kind of a, a shitty racist who's been bad to women, and I'm the other judge on here. Dave Navarro was in a band called Jane's Addiction. Don't y'all remember? Let's see the best live moth murals you can do out here. That's my impression of the uh, Ink Master hosts. Let me do the last one. You know what? I don't know why I took this job. This is horrible. Oliver Peck. You're not good at anything, and Dave Navarro has just been staring in a mirror for the past four hours. I'm sorry, Julie, but your tattoo was terrible. You're going home. 
I fell down. That's so weird that you mentioned that. I fell down in Ink Master's wormhole the other day, and I was a little stoned, and I was conflating um, Oliver Peck with Orville Peck. Yeah, was not like, the oh, same. Thank that's God. what he looks like under the mask. Nope, nope. Uh, thank God Orville Peck's actually 6'3 and stunningly handsome. The, the information is out there if you want to blow the kayfabe, but I'll tell you this. I don't like to acknowledge the period where Rey Mysterio wasn't wearing his mask in WCW, and I don't think you have to. So if you want to keep it a mystery, you can. If you want to see his face and everything else, you can see that too. So figure yourself figure yourself out. Who do you think out of everyone that has chosen to wear a mask or like be like Buckethead or you know yeah. Dead Mouse or whoever it is that yeah. you want? Who do you think picked the best costume? Who picked the best costume? Yeah, just for like ease, like the fact that like you have to wear it so much what to you is the, the I think, best use of that you know aj's really into marshmallow and i'm uh-huh. fascinated by the marshmallow helmet but i'll tell you this the first time i saw dead mouse perform and i this was at bonnaroo a long time ago and i was under the influence of fungus and seeing that i had no clue what i was getting into this is like 2010 i want to say seeing that uh that man's helmet turn on and that stage start moving and that mouse start making faces at me it was another world man god bless dead mouse i think he's like a a real prick now and i love it like he's like you know how like uh people who listen to like technical metal are like i would never listen to shitty acdc or this crap power rock but he's sort of that but for like um house music but like down tempo house music light and he's like you don't even know like there's footage of it's like Dead mouse roasting so and so uh with their with Martin Garrix's shitty song where he plays a version of one of the Martin Garrix songs as uh Old MacDonald has a farm, like he just rearranges the notes and people are like, Oh, and he's like, I'm standing up for real music. But then you listen to his music and it's like six notes on a loop for eight yeah. minutes and then a drum beat comes in and it goes yeah. whoosh and you're like, I don't think you can be this pretentious if this is the song you're putting out. Yeah. All love to DJs. Uh Bring back from first to well, last, Skrillex. If there's yeah, if there's any indication of the quality of music that he makes, there's a really funny um, like because he would just go on Twitch and like live stream his studio sessions. Yeah, and he starts putting together a song and then realizes halfway through that it's just Sandstorm, <laughs> which is one of the best songs of all time. That used to be the blackout song for the University of South Carolina. Oh, really? They, I just there are moments where I can remember. The last moments I remember are Ric Flair, a man in a chicken costume comes out of a magic trick box, and Sandstorm plays, and I'm yelling Cox because one half does game and one half does Cox, and the student side always says Cox, and then I black out. I've never seen a whole football game there, but boy was I drunk enough to get through the intro. And really, like, after that, it's all downhill anyway, right? Right. So does this know what a running back is? I can't can't get there. Look at there. Ric Flair and a chicken came out of a box, and there's fireworks, and Sandstorm is playing. I won the match, by the way, the second night. I was victorious. I beat Joey Janela and Brian Myers. Uh, and Brian Myers got tricked by the bad boy, because he is bad, into humping my butt a little bit. And someone... Uh, <laughs> Someone online said, I can't believe Brian Myers stayed in that position as long as he did. It's just, it's not believable. But have you ever been up against me? I don't think it's that unbelievable. All right. This is, 
I'm a beautiful, sweet man. I'm a warm, cradling hug. And did I trick him through mind powers, through gay mind powers? Yeah, I fucking tricked him through gay mind powers. Welcome to the club. All right, forever and ever, we're going to use gay mind powers to win and have our way. I won that match. Triple threat, put it on the cage match, log it in the PWI. Y'all want to talk statistics? Effie's got statistics. Statistically, I'm doing pretty good this year. Statistically, Effie doesn't lose, okay? And statistically, all my opponents rule. Now, speaking of masked characters, I have to bring this up. This tour is just full of, like I said, these road warriors who are just like incredible professional wrestlers. Is it road warriors because it's Australia? It is Road Warriors that was Australia the other and wrestling. Famous Australian there's Road Warriors and about. wrestling, and there's Road Warriors in Australia, which is uh, the Mad Max universe. And both of these things together make up this weird tour that we were on. We were on a giant bus, and there was a guitar man with no face. And then they were milking people, and I was drinking it through my giant mask. And I was going, oh, and Furioso was there. Wait, I don't uh It was a lot like Mad Max. You know the director of that was a doctor, like a medical doctor? He's directed some other things that are weird too, right? Yeah, Babe Pig in the City. Babe Pig in the City. Uh, all the Happy Feet movies. <sighs> okay, those are fucking masterpieces, by the way. Have you ever seen Happy Feet? I haven't. Have you ever seen Happy Feet 2? No. They're fucking great, Peter. That's what I hear. Do you think I'm bullshitting you? No, no, the no, voice no. acting in Happy Feet, both is phenomenal and i can't wait for the trilogy he's a dynamic he did that um genie movie with uh tilda oh yeah uh five thousand years three thousand years of longing two thousand years of longing several thousand years four thousand years of longing there was some longing and it was for thousands i loved it i watched another we're gonna talk about this on the minisode i had never seen michael clayton so we're gonna talk about (gasps) it and tilda swinton perfect movie it's a perfect it's sitting movie. with me in so many ways. It's such a big deck move that it shows you what's going to happen at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And then it's just, you just have to watch this. But now. it's also, re- okay, we just, I yeah. got to save the detail yeah, yeah, on this. Yeah, we have yeah, to talk yeah, yeah. about that Tilda Swinton. Rules. Uh, that's how I felt after Michael Clayton. I watched that right after Matilda. Did you know, I, for the questions I posted this week, I didn't know what picture to pick. So I picked young femme George Clooney in glasses. Did you? Yeah. How is this? I haven't even looked. Um, the synchronicities have been absurd. We're on the right path. Uh, keep going. We're going really long. I don't give a fuck, Peter. It's our podcast. We'll go as long as we fucking want. It'll be the longest podcast you've ever heard. I have a lot to say. I haven't felt like talking as much lately and now I'm in the mood, baby. Oh no, I used it for the sight and sound. Oh my God. That's young femme George Clooney. It's adorable. What good hair. I just, there's so much, I have a lot to say about George Clooney. I have a lot to say. He kind of looks like Velma. It's, but it's like, I, well, we were talking about Velma earlier because, like, he could do a gender swap Scooby Doo. I still want to see him dancing on the piano doing the Linda Cardellini song. You don't even know about the Linda Cardellini song. Are you kidding me? I love her. She's the horniest Velma of all. Um, Right. I hope I'm thinking of the right person. Uh, Grandma's boy, right? She was the love interest of Grandma's I think boy. she is, yeah. I think she's in I've seen boy. that movie an absurd amount of times. She's in a lot of films, though. Linda Cardellini, uh, the more you look at it... I was also it, a big Freaks and Geeks person. Yes. Uh, I think that's probably why this Grandma's Boy thing makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, like, blonded out and looking scrumptious? Scrumptious. This is... I'm telling you, the Scooby-Doo film was at the ripe age of, like, 12 or whatever, whenever it came out. The greatest confirmation of bisexuality I've ever had in my life. 
Siri is just typing out what you're saying right now. Are you just watching this moment <laughs> yes. happen? Can they tell what I'm saying? Can they tell that Linda Cardellini is a babe? All right, I'm going to keep going. I won the match. I continued having a great time in Melbourne, and I had no idea what was ahead for me because we were going to a new place that I've never been. I'd never been to Melbourne. I got to spend, you know, two days there, two and a half days there if I hadn't fallen asleep. She's done now. Did it record me all? It did. Hey, Siri, let me play with your hair. And now she's not responding. Oh, my God. What a rude woman. Is Siri a woman or is Siri gender nonspecific? I think, I don't know. Can can we gender AI? Well, it would like us to. It would like us to. I joked the other day that uh, everybody's worried about AI writing taking everybody's jobs. Yeah. But WWE's had AI writers for the past 10 years. That's the only thing that makes sense for why this nothing makes sense. Uh, it's worked for them, you know. Think about well, how nothing lines up week after week. It must just be they keep hitting the jet, chat GPT and going like... Make a make a storyline for Bobby yeah. Lashley, and that's how it comes out. Because there's no brain behind the, any of that. The co-star AI is continuing to go down this really weird path where it just fictionalized a tennis match between us that made zero sense. And whatsoever. knowing that tennis is it's a it's a bit of an emotional soft spot for me. Uh, tennis has not gone well for me in my life, so I'm glad you pit us against each other. But it sounds like it, we had fun playing tennis. It's not, in this it was like a world. fun competitive. Maybe we need to see the other side of tennis. Maybe that's what it's the other us to do. side of tennis sounds like an Oscar movie. <laughs> what was that Wimbledon movie with Kirsten Dunst called? Um, match point. Match point. Was yeah. that it? Yeah, was it yeah, match yeah. point? Match point. Let's watch match point. Let's watch match point. Uh, we woke up. This is part of it that where you're like, I'm glad everything is coordinated because we had to like meet in the lobby at 4:30 in the morning to get to Adelaide, but we got to the airport. <laughs> I flew Virgin Australia and they are so casual because you go and you pick, you scan your uh, ID or your passport, right? And they pull up all the names for our tour because we're together. And then you pick your name. And then it's like, what flight do you want? And you're like, he's like, just pick the early flight. You're going, wait a second. You're telling me that you buy a ticket and then you just show up and pick whenever you get there when you want to fly on this flight? Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) Then I went up to the counter with my bags and I proceeded to show my boarding pass and ID. And she goes, uh, oh, you're American. And I was like, yep. And she goes, I don't need to see all that. And then just took the bags. Then I went up to security, walk right through with my shoes on. We're on the other side already having a coffee. What incredible common sense. It's so easy if you just do it easily. It was magic. We got to Adelaide. Adelaide is lovely. Uh, it is we were at the Oval, which is the rugby, or I guess they call it footy, which is different a little than rugby, and cricket uh, footy, arena. Footy is just soccer, football. No, no, no. But in Australia, footy is also a different game, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Look up Australian footy, and it's some type of rugby that they call footy occasionally. Oh, you are so right. Yeah, I, I, Australian listen, rules football. Sometimes being a global, being a globally informed person I means I sound corrected. like a dumbass. <laughs> but really, I'm. I, there's many concepts that are all called the same thing 
All words are made up, Peter. All words are made up. They call it footy. It's weird. There's sticks. There's poles. Now, the hotel that we got to in Adelaide, like I said, built into this arena that's built for sports that I have no understanding of. I couldn't tell you what's going on in cricket if I watched 100 games. It's and just It's like rugby, but with twinks. Yes. It's like, listen, I just want to say about the Australian people, you are beautiful. All of you are so beautiful. And... It's just, it's great to go to a country and just get to kind of be an old queen in the sense that you're just like, I just want to walk, watch them walk by. It's okay, y'all. It sounds like I'm kidding, but look up Australian footy, go to Google Images, and tell me these are not just twinks that are showing up playing. Hold up. I'm ready. I'm going to look up Australian footy. We're fascinated by Australian footy. Yeah, I'm fully on board with Australian <laughs> footy. Uh, yeah, let them let's let them play footy. Let them play a little footy. We are proud of them. Long legs on some of these boys. <laughs> okay, moving okay, on. We, yep. We're at the arena. Sorry for the little no, break fine. in the podcast there. Now. All the travel had been perfectly coordinated up until then, and the hotel just said, hey, guys, we need a few minutes to get ready. And I was like, well, that makes sense. I need a few minutes to get ready. Perfect. You guys can have gym passes while we get your rooms ready. So I said, all right. So me and Joey and Blake Christian go to the gym. Now, I want to clear the air. Me, Joey, and Blake Christian went to the facility that was a gym. Now, Blake Christian went and had a full-on workout. Joey went and got in that Whirlpool hot tub, and Effie locked himself in the sauna for an hour and a half, and we were all in our own zones. We let each other have space. I got out of that sauna, and Joey was like, I think the rooms are ready. I'm going to go look. I said, well, I'm going to go lay in the sun for a minute. I fell asleep outside by the pool in the sun, dried off, got my bag, walked into this hotel room, which is controlled by a tablet which is incredible. The windows opening and shutting, you pick different room moods. I hit that room service. I said, fuck it. We're going for it. I had the best cheeseburger and pancakes I've had in a long time. Cheeseburger and pancakes? Bro, fresh fruit on the pancakes, fluffy as can be, real maple syrup, and this cheeseburger was just medium, little bacon, cheese, perfect tomatoes. The tomatoes in Australia are fucking... Gr- I ate so many good tomatoes Damn. in Australia. Just the freshest... You know, like sometimes you eat a tomato and you're like, oh, okay. And you're at Subway probably. And then you go to Australia and you're like, this is a whole new version of this food. And all the food is like that. The yolks of an egg, if you're an American, I pity you in your egg consumption. Because even if you buy the nice, expensive, free-range, brown, we let these chickens out of the coop eggs... Those yolks are not as orange as the yolks down under. Those are the orangest yolks I've ever seen. Uh, did you have any uh, pavlova? What is pavlova? It is uh, a meringue base with fruit, like mixed fruit on top oh and whipped cream. I should have had a pavlova. Uh, I believe it's an Australian thing. It if sounds Australian. Not, it might be New Zealand. I had some great Lebanese food, I'll tell you that. We uh we awoke from our, our naps and we went on a little walk and got some Australian treats and I noticed that there's a casino in downtown Adelaide. And you know what I did, Peter? You gambled. I didn't go in the casino. Oh shit. Pious Effie is not gambling anymore. Now, I am gonna tell a story here in about two minutes about me gambling, but in this situation, not happening at the Adelaide Casino. Let me just make that clear. Okay. 
We'll get to it. It'll make sense. We are. How long are we in deep on this? Deep enough? Uh, 125 minus the thing. Minus the thing out. we're going to get rid of, yeah. which I love. Uh, good. I don't care. We're going so long today. And you're going to love hearing about Australia. You know who's from there? Nicole Kidman. Because here they are. She was talking about Australia. She wasn't even talking about Jurassic Park. Is Guy Pierce also from Australia? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. What was that space movie he was in that was so fucking cool? Uh, Alien. <laughs> no, the other one that was about space. Uh, and I think it was like with Christian Bale, maybe. Was it Equilibrium? Was that was that what I'm thinking of? That's not it. That's not the Equilibrium's Sean Bean and uh, Batman. Which Batman? The middle Clooney? One. No, not, not Van Dam. No, uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Right? Christian Bale is what you used to have to pay the Roman guards. God, fuck. Sorry. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> Sorry for who I am. Um, no, what What was the Guy Pierce movie? I don't know. Let's look into this IMDb. It wasn't Memento. It wasn't Memento, but he is in that film with Jeez. Christopher Nolan. Well, Christopher Nolan's not in that film, but... It is a Christopher Nolan I wish Christopher vehicle. Nolan would M. Night Shyamalan himself into his movies. That would be sick. But just like as a little Easter egg, you're like, oh, there he is. He's got his little parted bowl cut looking cute. Uh, Not a Christmas Carol. No, maybe maybe we're too deep on this. Uh, The Adelaide Show. Oh, I found it. Alien Covenant. Okay, well, that's the... <laughs> I'm going to find this movie, but I remember him and he had a weird helmet on and it wasn't Alien. Okay. Alien Covenant was a weird movie and yeah. it also featured I'm pretending Kenny Powers actually was who was actually cast. And so oh, Danny McBride that got 100%. cast. 100%. It's Kenny Powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I don't know. I'm talking to NASA and they're asking me to go out to space. Uh could be a pretty could be a pretty big break for me, honestly. Think about that. He finishes. I don't know. The fourth season was a dream. That's all I got to say. Uh Adelaide show. I'm I'm probably peeking on the mic right there. I was put in the craziest match I've ever been put in. This scramble match featured Effie, Joey Janela, TJP, Flip Gordon, Chris Basso, who I'd been with his brother for the rest of the tour, but this was the only date that he was there for. Uh, and the final competitor, Mi Amigo, Bandito. Yo, I've gotten to hang out with Bandito before a few times. We have been at a lot of shows together. But this tour in Australia cemented to me that Bandito is the coolest fucking dude in the world, and he's so goddamn strong. I haven't gotten to talk about Cardona yet, and I'm going to talk more about Cardona in a second because he really kept opening my eyes to the future uh, and is such a mystical creature of wrestling that is goals. I'll say that. He's goals. Maybe this because I'm not around him. He doesn't look like a real human being. We discussed this with his tag partner, Brian Myers. That he is Shazam. So, like, yeah. 100% he's... He's a mythical human being. He's also, a, Yes. Him without a beard terrifies me, too. I don't know what it is. The beard looks great. That's the, all I'll say. Yeah. The beard... He looks very good right now it's and very muscular. Like, if chins could kill, like, serial killer chin. His muscles are so dry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's... the They're so tight and... Yeah. I don't want to... Okay. It's I'm going to talk about him in a minute because he blew my mind the whole tour. And he ended up kissing Brian Myers on the lips, which I thought was one of the best spots of the weekend. Uh, but the show was, was not in the actual arena of the oval, but in a, like a big ballroom in there. 
And so they had well over a thousand people here for the Adelaide show, big ballroom pack out. And I'm in this crazy ass scramble match. Now there's a mat, there's a photo of the match that I posted on Instagram that features flip Gordon upside down me about to be attacked by Joey Janela on a person's uh, mobility device. And Joey had ridden this man's mobility device before. This is like a functional electric wheelchair and had used it to attack Johnny Down Under, John Morrison, uh, in their previous title match. And he rode on the on the back of this wheelchair and ran around and knocked over Johnny Down Under. And so Joey told me, he goes, I'm going to ride this uh, mobility wheelchair again, and I'm going to knock everybody over. And I was like, what? He's like, just watch out. If you see me coming, he comes pretty fast. But unfortunately, Joey stepped on the wrong wire and the wrong cable, and it lost steam, but not before he was able to run into me and Flip Gordon. Now, Flip Gordon got completely backflipped by this powerful Joey Janela uh, mobility wheelchair lariat. And I was sent to the ground reeling in the same moments. Uh, we were all under attack. The match was crazy. If you were there or if you stayed up until the middle of the night to watch it on Fight TV, you can go back and watch it now if you want on Fight TV. Uh, three of us left that match with black eyes. <laughs> I, at one point, if you go back and watch this match, Peter, they're going to release a highlight reel of me one day, catching all the fucking dives I catch. There's no one better at catching dives in wrestling than me. I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck. I'm perfect at a few things. Catching dives is one of them. I've never missed a dive, nor will I ever miss a dive. I'm not that girl. I will never let you fall. I'll never let you down. If that's your little trick, you got to do a jump in the air, then I'll be there to help you get caught in the ground. I, I probably would have been a great cheerleader, but I'm a little too cynical to cheer for anything with a group of people, if you know what I mean. But I like the stunt aspect. Effie, you're a stunt. Billy Dixon said that. Three of us left with black eyes. I remember specifically, I'm pretty sure Bandito knocked noggins with one of us on the dive on the way out, which is fine. <laughs> I think all the disciples in the Bible, too, should have to wear cheerleader outfits. <laughs> Do they have a big J on the front? Yeah. All right. Okay, here we go. Who is the Lord? Who is the Lord? I don't know. This is out of control. Uh, they forgot the catering, Peter. They forgot the fucking catering. Do I have to do everything myself around here? I left the match with a black eye, too. Bandito, when he got to the floor, he looked at me, and he said, is, is there blood? And I was like, no, no blood. It looked fine. And then we got to the back, and it was just like we were both... This one's, it's healed a little bit. I've had a few days, but this, the, I think it's over here. Oh, okay. I I've see got it. a little shiner still. Yeah. It, it heals quickly. I'm a very fast healer. I was asked oh. about my barbed wire the other day. I heal fast. I immediately thought that you were one of the survivors that did not have a black eye. So it wasn't. It wasn't that noticeable. It wasn't that and noticeable. If you get up a little closer in the light, I think yeah. you notice it better. Uh, they weren't horrible black eyes, but it's also the casual nature of how much all of these people have wrestled. That we're all just like, nah, okay, it could be way worse. could be bad. I got Bandito of Water, and uh, I didn't win the match. TJP won the match. I had a great time in the match. Me and Joey left together. Our friendship restored after having battled each other the past two nights after tag teaming the bad boy and uh, the bad Effie together again. Uh, and the the beauty of this Adelaide show was that we were in the hotel already. So I ended up selling a little more merch. We grabbed our bags. We went back. And in my mind, I said, I'm going to bed, Peter. It's bedtime. I've wrestled three days in a row. We've been up at 4.30 in the morning. I've been out late. You know, that's just the nature of the business. You got to sleep when you can. 
and the Perea, Eli and Gabriel, Joey, Flip. Who else was with us? There were more people with us. I don't want to leave people out, but there were more people Hugh, with us on this journey. Nicole, Guy. Yeah, he, uh, Guy was there. Hugh Jackman finally showed up. Um, <laughs> Mel wasn't invited. This next though. story I'm about to tell you, I don't know how much I'm going to review. This is... Okay. The, the group of us... Who am I forgetting in this wild group? Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm making up that there was a spirit of someone else there. Or maybe I'm going to be reminded of who is with us. It really doesn't matter. Gabriel and Eli are from Adelaide. This is their hometown. And they said, come out on the town with us. I said, bro, it's already... It's midnight. Our call time is 4.30 a.m. I don't know. Maybe our call time was 4 a.m. I said, I just, what if I just get some sleep? Because it won't help anyway, and you can sleep on the plane. And so with this valiant little group of men, we wandered across the bridge into Adelaide for the nightlife experience. Holy shit, Peter. I've got a few things to say. The first few bars we went to, there was, uh, and this isn't, I don't want to be demeaning to their nightlife, but I want to say that there are positives and negatives to the drinking law ages in the United States. I'm not saying a 21-year-old has everything together, but if you're 21 when you legally are allowed to drink, I think you wear more deodorant and have better hygiene oh, than God. an 18-year-old who's allowed to drink. We went into these bars, and first off, you like, I remember me and Joey looking at each other, and, I, and we were like, we feel very old. It looks like you went to like a high school function because you're looking around and you're like, oh my God, why are there children here? Oh, it's because you can drink at 18. So these fresh baby face children are out just getting hammered and they smell so bad. They smell horrible like a locker room. So after about two of these bars while we're out and like, I don't drink, I just keep getting Diet Coke so you can buy them with a coin. It's incredible. Uh, Thank you, Australia. The boys decide that we're going to go for a little more adult entertainment at this point. And I don't want to, I don't think I'm rotting anyone out. I don't think they care. But we went to the Australian uh, Gentlemen's Club. And after getting in, we found a, we worked out a deal to get in. And for me, this is a, it's a strange place to be, but it's, I'm taking it in. I mean, it's all like platypuses, right? So it's not. And turns out Australian women very proportionally, Tall, they're like model esque. All these women oh. are like six feet tall. I don't know. The first girl, I, and I'm only telling you this because it relates to wrestling. She built up this whole act to reveal the the breasts at the end, and the way she set this up, the way she was working, was so Memphis to me because she really built the tension up. And when she finally let just her breasts out, the whole room erupted. And got out of their seats. I'm not making this up, Peter. They got up out of their seats cheering. There was a there was a baby face pop, so to say. Uh, Joey looked at me and he goes, this is a Hogan pop. And it was incredible. And everyone threw money. We were all excited. It was beautiful. But now, Peter, that's not why I'm telling you this story. That just fascinated me as, a, as also an adult nightlife entertainer. And also someone who could probably be classified in a lot of aspects as a sex worker. Because I'm just sort of saying, like, tell me what to do and give me some money. And I'll do it in front of all these people. And I'll wear my little panties. I get it. Okay? The next girl that comes out, I'm going like, okay, she's got like a little more of an edge. She's got a... A hardcore vibe here. And then I hear it, Peter. <laughs> Rage Against the Machine starts. <laughs> and she does a full routine <laughs> to Rage Against the Machine. Fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. Um, it is 
the most erotic, incredible, magical song choice I've ever seen for an adult nightlife entertainment dancer. And I was, my mouth was a jaw because it was sexy and the and the music was working in her favor rhythmically, but also you could tell she believed every word that was being thrown out. So, you know, some of them, some of them that burn crosses are the same in the workforces. Okay, let's just be honest with with ourselves here. What a great place to just set your message. I'm going to be on this stage liberating myself in a free world, and fuck you. I'm not going to be a part of your bullshit. Okay, fuck you. I love it. It was magical. Now we continued our evening and went to the worst of them all, which was the wool shed. And the wool this one, shed? Yeah, dude. I don't know. What Someone was like, oh yeah. Steph Delander was like, you did not go to the wool shed. And I was like, I did. And she was like, that's horrible. And I was like, it was insane. It's this like three-story weird. I don't know. It had the worst odor of them all, but we got in there. It was good to see. Then we went to the last club. They were like, we got to go to the last was club. Was it like the Willem Dafoe gang hang hangout? And um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, it was like, but a little more tropical. A little more tropical. It was okay. really like, it felt so like you had found plans. some uncle's barn out okay. in the woods in, in Australia. If some guy was like, hey, my uncle's got a barn. We can all get wild and drink from kegs and ride a mechanical bull and listen to Fireflies remixes by, uh, what's his name? Splash Mountain, what's his name? <laughs> what's his name, Peter? You would not believe your eyes. Wait, Owl City? Owl City. <laughs> Splash Mountain. Oh, Owl City's just a part of Splash Mountain. That's what I forgot. Okay, I get it. He mailed out, okay? He got a song with Carly Rae Jepsen and shut the fuck up. I think that's a pretty successful career. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would quit then too, honestly. We were not done though, Peter. We went to the last club because we said at this point, it's 3 a.m. We've got to be on the bus at 4. We're already packed. So you've got an hour to kill. we got an hour to kill. This club was called Zhivago. Like Dr. Zhivago, like the doctor that lets you kill yourself, and he's cool with it, right? Isn't that the same guy? I believe so. Let's make sure, because it sounds sick. This seems like uh, like Dr. Zhivago. That was the guy that yeah, he was like, no, you no, can... No, you're... So the club is called this. It's an underground hip-hop club. It's you got to go down two flights of stairs. It was the most bumping club of the night. It was the most diverse club of the night. It was the best-smelling club of the night. And it was the greatest way to cap this off. Except for getting Lebanese wraps right after. I got delicious Lebanese food covered in garlic sauce with lamb. We danced the night away. I drank so much Diet Coke. And then what did we do? We got on that bus. And we took that bus straight back to the Adelaide airport, picked a little flight, gave them our bags, rolled right through, and boom, we're heading to Sydney. What do you know about Sydney, Australia? It's the capital i don't know what the capital is i think the capital might be like wally law or something yeah i think you're right actually. there's it, every time you look at a map of australia up close there's made-up cities yeah. none of them look real their names are better than our names oh their names are much better i i feel like we're about to start our new segment which is let me read a couple names before we cap off with sydney and go home right yeah, yeah, yeah. so we're gonna go to melbourne first let me look this up on the on the it blows my mind that I was here in this place. This is just around the area. We have uh Doreen, <gasps> Mickleham, Beveridge, Donnybrook, Sunbury, Monagita, Romsey, Gisborne, Coynton, Mainsbury, Seymour, Terracum, Kelvin View, Strathbogie. 
This it's all Bata Jenny. Bata Jenny. Guma Libby. Bat a Jenny. Bad a Jenny with D's. Bad a Jenny. Yes. Uh this is Gurumbat and Guma Libby. This one is I'm gonna try. This is I mean, these are based in indigenous language, right. but it's when you add the Australian accent that yeah. they created, it sounds fantastical. A potty pot pon. That is you potty pot pon. Yarrawonga. Peach Elba. Wadonga. Uh, these are, and people are probably I hearing like this. Wadonga. Here's Wagga Wagga. <laughs> Wollongong. <laughs> Wollongong. Kalumba. This is incredible. I can't, I could just keep reading Australian cities all day. We got to beautiful Sydney. Sydney is the only place I've actually been before. And I was glad that I have been there before because we did not have a lot of time to spend in Sydney. We had to get out to this giant casino where we were doing our final show. So we placed everything in the hotel. I got a little hot pot with Cardona, Myers, and uh, Blake Christian. And then we got there to the the restaurant. And who was already there? Uh, Bandito. He was already there eating because he needs his protein because he's one of the strongest human beings known to the earth. We were at dinner and we took a group picture. And I was like, Bandito do you need a mask? And he just took a napkin, folded it and put it around his face bandit style. And he was like, no problem. And I was like, this fucking rules bandito. He's a, he's a once in a generation performer. I can't put over bandito enough, but I have to put over Cardona and Myers who Cardona became the WSW champion by night two of this tour. He defeated Johnny down under with a lot of shenanigans and a can of Vegemite. Uh, Johnny Down Under had a match with Bandito where I read on the call sheet. I'm going to spoil this for everyone. On the call sheet, it said at the very end, after the match, Johnny and Bandito performed the Nutbush. Are you familiar with the Nutbush, Peter? No. The Nutbush is this dance that I guess everyone in Australia knows that so does Johnny Down Under know. And I need you to just see the dance so you can imagine two muscular dudes who just fought each other for half an hour, who are now doing this ridiculous dance to a club remix of Land Down Under. Are you seeing oh this Oh my God. So it's like a line dance? Yes. And they are fully committed. Yeah. Bandito in the coolest, like, black, shiny, sparkly gear yep. with the mask, and Johnny Down Under, John Morrison, uh, Johnny Bloodsport, Johnny Game Changer. He's there doing the dance in his sparkly pants and sunglasses. It is mythical. Peter, I got to say, I just derailed the show again. This is going to be the longest recording session we've ever had with just a ridiculous fucking message that I can't even get into now. But one day when I'm allowed to get into it, we're going to tell this story. And it's fucking insane. The language <laughs> I am reading here needs to be on T-shirts, but I can't yeah, legally I speak on this subject. That was the first thing I thought of. Um, there's one other. <laughs> what did he say? Oh negligence <laughs> ah! so we're in sydney we get to the hotel we are good to go we all get up to our rooms we get ready and we don't have to meet the bus for a second so we get food like i said cardona and myers on this tour have been doing some of the most incredible work i've ever seen they are pissing everybody off while also selling out of all of their merch their lines are relentlessly long with just they keep going and going But they're mean to everyone, and it's magical. (laughs) And watching Matt Cardona wrestle, he is my ideal dream match partner 
because his matches are pure entertainment and i say that in the sense of like he has no reason to complicate anything he knows what he's going to do he knows all the best spots he's wrestled for so long it's just like watching a maestro casually make the best cheeseburger you've ever eaten you know would you say he was a tar level of mastery um, because that is the last Australian that we've forgotten about is Kate Blanchett. I'm really sad about the Oscars, and so it's been really hard for me to know that Kate uh, Blanchett in disguise uh, as Lydia Tarr was following me around Australia to see what I was getting into after having left the Comic-Con circuit in South Asia. Oh, no. <laughs> you waited too long to watch it, you pieces of shit. Okay, uh, Lucy's going crazy, and I love it. The last Sydney show was at this Panther Casino. It was a Panther Casino with giant statues of Panthers. And so we got on the bus and got out there, and it took a while, and the bus was a little late the first time, but it all worked out in the end because this show was in a sick-ass huge, like, casino theater. Panther like, Casino. The Panther Casino. I don't, it was, that's what it was called, Peter, is the Panther Casino. And they had a lot of slots in Kino. We'll get to that. Uh, but it's in the big stage theater where they do like the Magic Mike show and the Adele tribute act show and the like giant plays of the casino. Like the, the entertainment of the casino is in this giant like arena room, theater room kind of thing. But like, we have like William Shatner level. Yes. Yeah. Like he would perform at the symphonic or whatever and it would be like this. So it's like big theater in the round for this last show and for this last match. I got to do something that no one else did on this tour, and I got to wrestle an intergender match. And I think when I talked with Adrian first, he was like, listen, he's like, and God bless him, Cardona had put me over to him saying, like, you, what do you know about Effie? And he's like, not enough. And so he was like, you know, kind of gave me the the truth about it and said, you know, I didn't know really what I was going to do with you. I wasn't that familiar, but you've really kind of like been able to do anything i was like that's the spirit of effie i can do anything you got a tag you got a scramble you got a triple threat you got an intergender match and he was like it's not something you commonly see in australia doing the intergender people are not really into it and uh, a lot of people have reservations about it which is perfect so what happens when i face australia's finest jessica troy well peter i'd like to say that effie doesn't lose 2023 but i tapped out to Jessica Troy and I cut a promo afterwards because this match was fucking sick it was only you know about eight minutes kind of a, a shorter match on the card but there was a lot going on on the card and you know Effie I stick to my times when I'm given my times and I want to fit in as much as I can but she beat my ass she beat me up all over the place she gave me a tornado DDT on the floor of this theater off the she jumped off a barricade onto me onto the floor and tornado DDT'd my head into the crowd it's pretty crazy uh, and then she flipped me around and gave me full on uh, a Fujiwara armbar and I had to tap out and it was not something I'm ashamed to admit. You know, a lot of guys, you know why they get nervous around intergender wrestling? What if they lose? What if you lose to a woman? How does that affect your ego? How does that affect your self-perception? Guess how it affects mine? None at all, because I know that women are badasses and I know they're going to beat my ass. And so when you're looking at Effie standing across from Jessica Troy, you're going, wow, Effie looks so jacked and handsome and tall, but her tough grit and determination may make a difference here. And it is a little tough to kind of be a dick when, when you're in front of a new audience. You don't want to risk your merch money, you know, but 
I knew my role in this match had to be that of a little bit of a dick because these people don't watch a lot of intergender. You have to go in a little wisely and she beat my ass. It was perfect. It was fun. It was the greatest way to end this tour. I got to hang out with Everett Connors who moved to Australia with his beautiful wife, Charlie Evans, who was also there at the show hanging out watching triple threat with Blake Christian and Joey Janela to cap things off at the end of this tour. Pretty crazy. But then Matt Cardona and Brian Myers tagged against uh, Bandito and Johnny Down Under. And in this match, Cardona and Myers, for whatever reason, were taking the arms of Johnny Down Under, spinning them to hurt them, and then kissing him on the cheek. And they did it once, and they did it twice, and then the third time, he ducked. And those two kissed on the lips, and the crowd went insane. And he said, was it cool that we did that? And I said, it was super cool that you did that. Watching you two play buffooning muscle idiots out there, oopsie kissing, and being like okay with it was so magic. Bandito was so strong. Seeing the size difference of Bandito and Matt Cardona and Brian Myers, like those dudes were regular-sized dudes in WWE, but that means they're giants in real life. And so you've got, you've got Bandito just military pressing them above his above his head and just letting him dump to the floor. He's going crazy. He's running road dog comebacks. It was just a pleasure to watch how much fun these guys were having wrestling for this rowdy-ass Sydney crowd. Uh, and I did really well on merch, and it was my last night. And you know what I did, Peter? I put an Australian 50 in the slot machine. And then I played slots, and I went down, and then I got back up to $41. And you know what I did, Peter? I took the money out and I put it back in my pocket and I went back to the to the merch table. It was easy. It was that. I, I satiated it. But I think going to the zoo as well, you have to balance your endorphin rushes. And I think having extra travel, exploratory, uh, nouveau experiences in fun places as a fan of traveling scratches that itch enough. But also, I had to put a little 50 in the slot machine. I had to see what it was all about. I picked the one that was like, mermaids and rainbows because you know you got to have a vibe towards whichever one you're picking i did all right i got back up a little bit the old me would have said let me run this out the new me says i only lost eight dollars and that's fine because i'm gonna go sell another cool signed picture it was great to see everybody uh i got to hang out with uh eric rowan eric redbeard out on the indies now this whole tour as well and I'm sure I'm, you know, skipping over people. Shazza McKenzie, who's wonderful, and moving to the U.S. and plays such a good heel. Don't let her convince you to be a babyface. She plays such a good heel. Uh, he's a giant. And one time, my friend Walter, uh, when he was working set up at a RAW in Columbia, South Carolina, saw Eric Rowan at Chipotle, and he got two full bowls and ate them, and then got up like nothing, like it was that was it. Just sat down and ate two full bowls. And his reaction to seeing the wrestling is gay merchandise, he was like, does this, does this sell? And I was like, brother, it's a new economy out here. You've been gone for a while. Welcome to the indie jungle now. There's no rules. And he sort of like understood the vibe. And it was very nice to see that these people who have been in really high levels and have done really cool things on TV, on pay-per-views, uh, they've traveled around the world. These guys, like the efficiency of everyone on this tour is marvelous. And you can just tell these are guys who have traveled internationally. They've been everywhere. They know where they're going. Uh, and they know they, they want you to know who they are. That's a song by uh, the Goo Goo Dolls. I just want you to know who I am. Johnny Resnick, you know about that? Uh, the Goo Goo Dolls? Sort of, kind of. No one around me, man. I don't know. I don't know the That's rest. That's one of my gaps. 
Yeah, Goo Goo Dolls Gap? Yeah, I have a Goo Goo Dolls Gap. It's mid. (laughs) You could see them at a state fair performance, probably. I like the state fair. Uh, I love Australia. Me and Blake Christian flew home together. I make it sound like we're BFFs now. I just want to clear the air on this. We are BFFs now. Uh, Blake Christian, you know what Blake Christian taught me? He gave me a new perspective. And I can't tell you about what, but I'm working. I'm doing some character work upcoming that I think is going to be a little too raw for some people and a little too wild. But it's the real. It's it's authentic. And Hollywood Effie is just starting. I think Hollywood Effie had to go dormant for a second because he had to see. He had to look into the looking glass. You know what I mean? But now, as I'm going off to Hollywood soon, as I head to New York City, as I head to Toronto this weekend, as I head to also this weekend. <laughs> I can't tell. I'm uh, doing a surprise. Doing a run-in, darling. Uh, They'll know. They'll understand. And then I go to Toronto for that last day as I continue being international the week after being in Australia. Uh, It's going to be a wild ride to WrestleMania week. I had a great three-way call yesterday about WrestleMania week with two of my closest confidants. And I feel very excited and secure about the future. Actually, I need to make a call after this. Hell yeah. Great timing. Peter, do we have questions? We do have questions. I love that. Let's get into it. Thank you for tuning into this long episode. I think people will like it. Gives them more to listen to. We're also going to do a Patreon mini-sode. I hope you can hear in my voice that this is this trip has given me a renewed excitement. I feel good. I feel in control. I feel ready. I feel focused. I know the job. And I'm going to do it as well as I can. How's that for... Hell yeah. Oh, I got to see the design for the exclusive WrestleMania shirt for Bussy. I'm calling it WrestleMania, but it's like the collective shirt. We are going to be in a lot of places. We are popping up everywhere. We are here to, we are down to clown. And I want to say this. Did I tell you I got Disney World tickets? Shit. Yes. The lovely Sam, you rebel, hooked up me and Allie with a reservation for both Disney parks on Thursday. But I got to say Thursday night, I got plans now. I didn't know I had plans. I got plans. So you'll you'll see us popping up everywhere that week. You before you go to Disney, you have to watch the two hour long um defunct land documentary on Fast Pass. On Fast Pass? Yeah. I'm into it. I'm it's, a Fast Pass aficionado. Let's see what I don't know. It's one of the, I've watched it maybe three times at this point, okay. almost embarrassingly. Okay. It is fascinating. It's social engineering to an insane degree. And I'm like, fully on board. And Disney just, they just kind of like lost their fucking minds trying to make like, it's like pushing a rock up a hill and it just getting more and more complicated <laughs> as you get further up the hill. Well, I'm going to see how it works. We'll see how it's done. I think it's going to be a busy time at Disney World. It doesn't bother me. I just want to hang out with my sis and celebrate each other and have a really, we're really entering in the next few weeks, a, like a bussy heat period where bussy is about to show y'all what the fuck is going on. So just prepare yourselves Bussy's back, Bussy's 100, and Bussy's coming to claim everything. You will understand soon. By the time it hits my birthday and I'm a 33-year-old, Bussy's going to be just like the most unstoppable tag team in all of the world. And you boys can line up if you're ready, if you can get permission from Daddy. It's You're going in your Christ year. Ah! Look, I've been practicing. No, no, no. Listen, I, I listened to the Todd Field interview about Tar. I know I said questions and then I kept talking. This is fantastic. I listened to the Todd Field interview about Tar and he said uh, about the legacy thing that we talked about before. We're entering exploratory art territory. What is Effie? I'm still figuring it out. We're having fun out here. We're going crazy and we're doing weird shit. And I'm not going to be 
contained. Not in my Christ here will I be contained. I will deliver a message of freedom in mind creativity to the wrestling world. Let go. Do whatever the fuck you want. If it's over, it's good wrestling. All right, questions, Peter. Okay, this first one is from Kylie. Hello, friends. I got another fun question. What anime, if any, did either of you watch growing up or as adults? Dragon Ball Z. Really? Yeah, all my friends loved it so much. Here's my thing with anime is like I watched a lot of shows with my friends because they were watching it. Like I watched a lot of Pokemon because they were watching it. I watched a lot of Dragon Ball Z because they were watching it. I watched a fair bit of Yu-Gi-Oh, but these aren't like anime animes. I think, you know, between wrestling and other weird cartoons, I was a big uh like, you know, cow and, I was a cow and chicken cartoon network girl. Yeah. For for a lot of that. Dexter's Lab, you know. Hell yeah. To me these aren't animes, but they're animated. I watched you know? a shit ton of uh Powerpuff Girls. Powerpuff Girls rules. Yes. Some of the best villainry. And the best queer-coded villains. And you're saying, oh, are you talking about him? No, I'm talking about Mojo Jojo, who is just a repressed young monkey in a spacesuit who needs to be let free and has an un- an unimaginable accent that you can't place. I just... Uh, okay, so... <laughs> not much as a kid. I did a lot of it as an adult. Because I, ran- I had a random VHS tape that just had, like... R- in, this is like like an infinite amount of cartoons. It was like the six hour one, you know. Yeah, this so is they like just black recorded like cartoons. random. So it was like Punky Brewster episodes, <laughs> like an episode of Superman. Okay. Um, a, a random episode of Neon Genesis Evangelion, which what? is what like sparked my interest in. This that was just one with. after another. How did who put this together? Who it, mixtaped this? It's for just you? like you are a missionary, so you get random shit from people. <laughs> You, so someone else's missionary kid was just like figuring out like, how to record on the VCR. I've and talked about it, it before, but I had a tape that started out with "Fly Away Home" with Jeff Daniels and Anna Paquin. Pa- yeah, Paquin, oh yeah, with the and geese? then ended with Space Jam. I can't believe I forgot about "Fly Away Home." That's <laughs> Space Jam too. She had the little ducklings in her. It uh, is sock Anna Paquin, isn't it? Yeah. And then I didn't really see her again until X Men. And then she flies. I don't a plane. know. I've I've got a secret power, and if I touch you, you're gonna be drained. Sucky, sucky, look over here, sucky. Um, but the original Death Note series is oh. incredible. I've never watched it. It's, I'm sure AJ's watched. I'm sure he's seen it. Super holds up. Um, but I think I like Red more than anything. Like the original Akira comic is one of my absolute favorites. Is there a live action remake already out? I've been not trying to make it for a million years with white yeah. people, which is upsetting because I don't know why you would not just. Like make it. Why we are not averse to seeing. We speaking of the Oscars, we're going to talk about it on the minisode, and it's awesome. Um, but another so a new one that I really liked was Dead Man Wonderland. I don't think it got enough attention. Whoa! It's this. It's about like a kid who gets weird psychic powers and then okay. kills all of his uh, um, schoolmates and then goes to prison for it. But he's in prison with a bunch of other people that have the same weird like psychic mutation where they can just make. <laughs> like parts of their body like form weapons oh yeah i'm into that um i like when the weapons are are spirits trapped within a a weapon shell there's some shows like that but this is more fascinating too the transformative aspect of the uh limbs as extensions of mind control of but you're controlling the matter yeah all right yeah i see why they they prisoned them they did my favorite thing about anime in general is when they'll do like avas which is where they'll take 
the foundations of the story but set it in like a different universe or switch everything around so the very last episode of this series is just this one-off where they turn the whole thing into a police drama like a serious like wire style police drama (laughs) right but everyone still has their like crazy psychic weapons and so they just like shifted who the characters were around and put them in this completely different scenario. Oh my God. It's very funny. I want to, I guess I got to jump on it. It's probably on the crunchy roll, right? Uh, probably. Hey yeah. guys, I just want to say I've been playing secret of monkey Island. And so I just want to say it's a pirate's life for me in regards to media. Find what you can out there, folks. Just follow your heart. Uh, okay. This one is from Anthony. Hi friends. And both of your opinion, what makes a Nepo baby? Is it just being the child of a famous person? Last month, I went to a wrestling show, and some asshole behind me kept saying that Nick Wayne is just some Nepo baby that can't actually wrestle. Okay, so being a Nepo baby does not mean you're just born of the fame. It, it means that you have used that fame privilege that you were granted at birth to get to other levels. We've kind of talked about this before. We're like, if I don't really know that you're related to them or if you and i don't know the behind the scenes so we have to assume in a lot of these cases they're like hey look it's my nephew he's very good at this you should probably cast him and they're like we got to cast this nephew if we don't fucking if we don't want to lose this guy's movies we got to cast this nephew yeah and so i think that's like the the definition of where the nepotism comes into that where as if it's like uh if you're just like a painter and maybe your mom's Oprah, and we just like don't know that your mom's Oprah really, and you sell paintings, and you're still selling your paintings well, and then later in your career, you're like, and by the way, my mom is Oprah. I can't really call you like a Nepo baby because you sort of built it on your own foundations. It's using the shortcuts of genetics and who you were born into to pass mediocrity as talent. That's the problem with these Nepo babies that people have. But also I want to say if you're good at the job, then I guess you can't really complain. For me, art is not built out of struggle or amount of effort. It's built out of how well the art is received by my mind, right? Like how I perceive it and how I like it. So whether you got there by nepotism or not, honestly, I'm trying to just watch the art and see what's going on with this. And it sucks for every other actor that tried, but maybe some of us got to get jobs at warehouses too. I think we should just like overtake and do the, and do the work, put Bezos on a boat out to the river, revert to anarcho-communism and help each other out and use the supplies we have and maybe move away from all fame and fortune. I was joking on the bus that I really am excited to be a world-traveled entertaining performer, but also that if the economy if the economy uh necessitates necessitates it, if the economy necessitates it, I would easily lead a Mad Max style army into, you know, harvesting meats and whatnot and building a battalion underground bunker for for safety if it took that. I watched The Last of Us. Are you did you watch the whole thing? Oh yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it on the mini Dense. Minisode's got a lot to talk about. We've been recording a while. I, I just gotta make sure I'm out of here in the next three hours, Peter. So okay. I think we're well, good. Yeah, we're good. Um real quick from Julie, did Effie finally watch Atlanta? Nope. I looked for it on the flight, but Air New Zealand did not have Atlanta on the flight map. I did, however, watch some cool stuff that we're going to discuss. And we also have to talk about the fact, well, I guess we're saying it. If you've ever seen the film Backdraft starring uh, Kurt Russell and William Baldwin, and also, I believe, uh, 
Donald Sutherland. Uh, the theme song written by Hans Zimmer, who we're going to talk about on the minisode, is also the theme song of Iron Chef when they're going through the kitchen. Holy shit. Is Billy Baldwin, he's the uh, Christian one, right? I think he's Christian now, but I just have to say this. He is fucking sexy in this movie. I There's a lot of things I don't like about Baldwin boys, but in this particular film... Uh, it's like your new friend that he was doing the firefighter thing and it was really fucking up my world. That's I was pretty tired and jet lag though. That's an excuse to why I would be attracted to a Baldwin brother. Okay. This Lucy's one... calling bullshit. <laughs> she is. This one's from Brian. Uh, two questions wrestling related. Recently, there was a photo floating around on social media of a ring from an indie wrestling show that had one of the sides supported by a log. Do you have any stories from your early days wrestling for s- similar shindy promotions where the working conditions were less than ideal? I worked a six-person tag inside of an old VFW hall with a ring that was held up on one side by a car jack. And then I also wrestled a fair show in a field where the boards were... I mean, I've wrestled a lot of shows where you're just like, these are the boards you're using? And they're like, it, it'll be fine. And the rings are just horrific. I saw the log, though. Let me just say this. I would leave the show. I understand that in this day and age, there's a lot of times to you know, make a little compromise to make the show happen. But that's just... Your whole life is not worth getting in the log ring. And even if it holds up, you've still got pictures of you working in the log ring. And that's unacceptable. I can't allow that. So, yeah, log ring guys, you got to go fuck yourself. This is bizarro behavior. And wrestlers who work the show, you got to go You got to go to another show. Just go anywhere else. Maybe, I don't know, maybe don't ever go back. Even if they get a new ring. Maybe it's indicative of a bigger problem. I'm going to have you ask the second question. On I love it. Non-wrestling related. This is mainly for Pitar. But I would love to hear Effie's thoughts too. What theories do you subscribe to when it comes down to the alien UFO UAP phenomenon? Do you lean more towards extraterrestrial or ultra-terrestrial explanations? Could alien UFO phenomenon be connected to any other forms of paranormal activity? Wide open, Peter. Um. Okay, so I think I have a lot of thoughts on this. One of, well, like one of the big ones, there was a there was this book series that Obama read while he was in the White House that I thought was really interesting that he would choose to read this, and it's a Chinese author who wrote this speculative fiction book that's like very dry and just kind of like accounts details, but it's set between the Cultural Revolution in the '60s and then three thousand years in the future. Like that's the whole span of time. Okay, that it covers. all right. Um, that's, it's a wide window. It's a pretty wide window. Um, but one of the ideas that's proposed in that book that is like actually something that's taken very seriously is the idea that any civilization that would get so advanced to be able to travel to other civilizations, like how far we are apart right. from each other, would recognize that there's an inherent danger and therefore would just fucking keep to themselves. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what's out there. You don't know what's going on. So that makes me lean more towards ultra terrestrial, as in there is there have been some form of human that survived an apocalypse went underwater and are interested in the fact that we've started setting off nukes on the top of the planet, which is why like we've seen more UFOs since the nuclear bomb. They're trying to get a good look on what what the heck we're trying to do. A little nervous about what it is that we're doing. Exactly. You guys got a good thing going on here. Exactly. You guys still got elephants. 
Um, but I don't, I also don't rule out some other government creating a spacecraft and doing little test runs just to like yeah. see what they can do with it. But then I also don't discount that like maybe 80 to 90% of like UFO alien, alien specifically encounters are just like dreams. They're oopsie daisies yeah. or maybe, maybe saws it's, but it's like, you don't discount what can happen in the dream realm. Cause I think there's something, cause when you look at the experiences that people have a lot of times with aliens, they also mimic uh, DMT experiences. So I think there's something happening on a deeper level on like the psychic end of things yeah. with aliens um, that maybe is getting conflated with what we think an actual alien might be. Like if like, al- yeah, uh, I mean really like the term alien is like, it's like thing we don't, thing that's not us like what is right like it's, yeah it's, it's it's sort of a a very i always got to remind people that words are made up peter exactly and so all of these concepts when you define them through human created words it's like how restrictive you know but i, I we think we've talked about this before but one of my favorite alistair crowley fun facts is that when he was on his deathbed he drew a picture of his like spirit guide his he what he called it was his holy guardian angel and it was the it was like the entity that gave him like the real interesting shit that he channeled and it looks like a gray it looks like a gray let's go graylians we call them and listen if they figured it out and i you know back to my dolphin theory where you know the the primate split truly happened when our aquatic ancestors chose ocean over being uh, by by co- what is it by coastal by Bipedal. amphibians <laughs> we chose the land and a dip in the water and they chose the sea with by, a dip by in the coastal air. is if you have a house in LA and New York <laughs> we're by coastal we're in Florida and Massachusetts <laughs> and we just evolved legs <laughs> yeah and we've got to make a decision do we want to keep these paddleboard arms or do we want to make a building out of logs you know and there's different choices here's my main function and this is all i've figured out so far and maybe it's too wide uh we are we are a group consciousness that is exploring itself and can make things appear and disappear through this world by imagining them and forcing them forward and it is through real vision but it's you know also building spaceships because somebody dreamed of a spaceship and going what is up in the sky and dreaming of a telescope and finding a new way to get closer it's all exploration of self out of the same brain what is the reason we're here well i'm glad you're asking that sort of thing all these occurrences and all these things are sort of that larger consciousness that's beyond just like oh we're people and we're conscious of that there's a larger consciousness of the universe sort of all existing as one so i think we're sort of group braining these things to be more a current and i, I think agree. we fast forwarded a lot of this and you know some of it i think is perceptory and sensory but some of it is also like if what our consciousness needs to explore is going to go in that direction and, and that's what helps us get past this destructive period where we, the singularity is that we've we have everything but we're also still just destructive on a large scale for no reason i watched the navalny documentary and it really fucked my brain up about how fucked up the world is still and it's crazy and it's dark and wild and humans should not be ever against each other because we are single polyps in a giant brain that is just exploring itself and so i think all of these aliens and phenomenons and spirits and energies and the skinwalker ranch i think it's all i think we're 
we're going to find new things and we'd create new things by finding them. But also, I don't think we need to go out into space. It's infinitely expansive. We have really no idea what's going on out there. And I think it's sort of just an indicator of like, there's more than just you guys. So just treat it good because you don't know where you could be. What if you were born on Saturn? Shit would suck. You'd be breathing for two minutes. A baby's not living through Saturn. Got a soft skull and lungs. Come on. You're not built for Saturn. Like the squidites of Saturn's core. Right? Let's imagine them forward. Much like uh, getting something over in professional wrestling, I think as humans we can just sort of mind thought create the next level. Uh, And they're going to be exploring us more. But also, Joe Biden's going to have a real, he's going to have a real tough time explaining those aliens. Please don't, please don't come to Big Gay Brunch, aliens. I'm begging you. Am I, am I going to negative witch this thing into occurring? I don't know if kids were about to have one of the bigger planetary shifts in a long time. And uh, I don't know, man. It's potential that something will happen in this department pretty soon. I mean, that I, w- I didn't look deep into it, so I'm just spreading misinformation at this point. But I did see something about someone in the U.S. government saying that there's an alien ship sending little probes down. Well, they can come probe me. I got no problems. I love it. I want them to see what's going on. I bet if, listen, I bet if we played them a few songs, showed them a few movies, let them try some fresh fruit, give them some sliced prosciutto, that they would probably just at least give us a few years before they kill us. I think it'll be fun. And I don't think it's going to look like what you think. You know? Would you Would you fuck a light portal? Maybe. I would fuck a light portal.